I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a-truckin' down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a-lookin' for another load. Well, it's a family tradition, any rocky mountain day. Our fathers before us showed us the way. We work for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings. But that's never been a problem, cause we got diesel in our veins. We've got diesel in our veins. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Welcome back to episode 100 of the Channel 23 podcast. We've came and we've sat in this room 100 times. Wow. And did this. It's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. So welcome back, Jim, Brother Dave, Super Dave, and we got Eric Zerbriggan from Flood and Peterson here with us today. Morning, Eric. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Eric, we always kick the podcast off with the Pledge of Allegiance to show our honor to this country. I pledge, pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to go out and do some trucking today. We pray for the safety of our fleet, all of their families, and all the other families and individuals we come across on the road today. We pray for patience and in making a good, safe decisions. We pray to be accident-free and that we all make it back to the comforts of our homes this evening. We pray for healing and 100% recovery for all of our family members that are ill. No matter what, we trust you, God, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 As a reminder, anything you hear in this room today or on this podcast today is not the opinion of JFWs or Flood and Petersons. It's just the men in this room's opinion. <laughs> nice. <laughs> or our expressed opinion. Hey, just to back up just a little bit uh, on the prayer this morning, I know it really messed us up, get going, but I, I hope the person or woman or man or whatever in the truck up at Fry's that rolled it this morning is okay. Mm, I hope so, I know that really messed us up getting into Fry's, but didn't sound like a good situation. So hopefully- They're having a bad right. day, 100%. Yeah. No, and after that two miles worth of hill, they had to be going pretty good. Right. You know, had right. to be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what a choice to have to make. Like, well- I'm going to have to get off here and crash. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Yeah. It's a yeah. bummer. Yeah. Not, not a good way to start. Nope. All right. Moving on to more positive news. Episode 99 had 674 downloads. little shy of where we wanted. We wanted to be at 800. But we are at 49.2 thousand total downloads, which means if we rally this week and we get 800 downloads... We'll be at the 50,000 mark for the 100th episode, averaging 500 listens per episode. That's wow. pretty awesome. So, Eric, do you have a pretty big Facebook following? I do not. Um, <laughs> you you, you got to have a really good joke. And I was, I was, I'm really struggling on how we're going to hit the number with an insurance agent. <laughs> so, well, it we'll could, try it, though. Could be from your wit and your sense of humor, I'm hoping. <laughs> Uh, we did gain one follower, so we are at 218 followers. This, this would be like the perfect week, wouldn't it, Jam? If like 100th episode, we could break 50,000 followers, 
and or I'm sorry, fifty thousand downloads and hit two hundred and twenty right, followers. Two more followers. I like it. That would good goals. I like it. It's time for the dad joke challenge. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cold one, everybody. Yeah. yeah. One hundred episodes. I'm going home after the podcast. So this is fine. You're taking an Uber. Yeah, I was just gonna say Uber. No. <laughs> yeah. Eric, we always start with fresh blood for the dad joke challenge. So you are up, my friend. The dad joke challenge, huh? Okay, well, um, so there was a father and a son in a family unit. The dad was a kind of a conservative-leaning guy, maybe a trucking company owner or, a, <laughs> was his or name an Jim insurance agent. <laughs> <laughs> and on the 16th birthday, the son, who was what we'll call a kind of a free spirit, asked dad if he could get his help buying a new car. And the dad says, well, we'll I'll make you a deal. It's... Uh, you got to get good grades. You got to keep your room clean. And for God's sakes, sh- cut your hair and shave that beard and take a shower once in a while. <laughs> and uh, so the kid performed. He, uh, he could bounce a quarter off his bed. You could eat off his room floor. Um, went to his d- straight A's. Went to his dad and said, hey, how about that car? And he's like, you have not met our agreement. You need to cut your hair and shave that beard and take a bath once in a while. Uh, still two weeks, nothing. And uh, he was, the kid finally was like, Dad, um, you know, Jesus had long hair and a beard. And Dad said, you're right, son. But he walked everywhere he went. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. That's good. Yeah, that's good, man. Not bad. Who wants to go next? I'll, I'll jump in there and, Get and in there. kind of. Uh, I, I kept with the insurance theme for you there, Eric. So got two, one quick one, and then a little bit longer one. What do hospital gowns and insurance policies have in common? Nothing's covered. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. (laughs) You're spot on. Been in the the business a while. I think he's heard a joke or two. You're never covered as much as you think. (laughs) That's great. Uh, So then my other one, and I'm pushing it for the 100th episode here. So there are four insurance companies that are in in intense competition with each other that are trying to come up with the new advertising slogans to outdo the others. The first company comes up with the slogan, coverage from the cradle to the grave. The second company is impressed, but nonetheless tries to better it with coverage from the womb to the tomb. <laughs> Not wanting to out be, out, be outdone, the third company thinks long and hard before coming up with the next slogan, from sperm to the worm. Wow. The fourth one, man, they thought on it and thought on it, and they're, they're just about to give up. And all of a sudden, they came up with it. From erection to resurrection. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, that's good. I, we, right. we, I think we need to wait for you. <laughs> I think we need to wait. I've just been hearing all the giggling downstairs. Let's go with soup, and then I'll go. And all we'll right. Mine's, mine's straight, a straightforward dad joke. Nothing fancy, you know, but... Uh, I think you'll like it. What do you call a pig on a hot day? You got me. Bacon. <laughs> uh, I can't believe we all missed yeah, that. that. I can't believe all of us missed that. I love bacon. I told you you like it. Well, Eric, I know you uh, had the title risk manager, risk assessment. Risk advisor. Risk advisor. Risk is advisor. Our, our official title in the 
for the people in the field. Okay. Do you know why vegans uh, don't take risks? No. Because their life can be at stake. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I got one more insurance joke. An insurance agent went to a museum and accidentally knocked over a statue. The museum administrator said, that's a 500-year-old statue you've broken. The insurance agent said, "The insurance agent said, thank God, I thought it was a new one. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to stick with the 100-year thing okay. for the 100th episode. So <clears throat> this one kind of, I, I have two of them. The first one starts off, this lady just turns 100. She was celebrating her day, her special day, with uh, three of her incredible kids. Very, very successful kids. And the first child got her a $200,000 limousine with a driver so she could drive all around town wherever she wanted to go. The second child got her a million-dollar yacht so she can spend her days on the ocean just enjoying the view. And the third child got her a $5 million talking parrot. Speaks eight languages so he can amuse her and keep her company for the rest of her days. After the party, some friends came over to chat and inquire what her kids got her for her birthday. She says, the first one got me a nice car, but I don't feel like driving. The second one got me a big boat, but I don't know. I can't believe they don't know I get seasick. But the good news is the chicken was pretty good, though. (laughs) (laughs) Then the last one I have here is a man celebrating his 100th birthday. And he's with his his children and his grandchildren. And one of the grandchildren asked him, you know, what was the scariest thing that ever happened in your life, Grandpa? And he says, well, Timmy, it'd have to be back in 1943. I was on safari in Africa. What happened, Gramps? Well, I was with my best friend, John, on expedition. We left the lodge early in the morning and planned on walking through the jungle all day to try and find some game. It was still dark, and after a few moments... We got separated from our guide. It wasn't long before John was gone as well, and I ended up all alone. I was told if that happened to stay quiet, not to attract the wildlife, and slowly try and make my way back to the lodge. So I did. After about an hour, I heard a faint sound, like a purr, and then screams. Our guide was dead. I kept walking towards the lodge, my gun locked and loaded with my hand on it. After another hour and a half, I heard the purr again, and then the second scream. John was never found. I stayed still and quiet for another hour, and I decided to keep walking towards the lodge. When I heard the purring again, I turned around and roar! The biggest lion I'd ever seen jumped straight at me. I shat my pants. Wow, Gramps. Anybody would have soiled their pants if a huge lion jumped out at them from nowhere. No, no, I shat him just now when I said roar. <laughs> oh, that was hard to get through. <laughs> oh, see that coming. <laughs> Neither did Gramps. <laughs> We're easily entertained right here. <laughs> Hey, I want to. Uh, you you didn't tell me, but that was the one you were giggling so oh, hard about. Dave, wasn't I, it? I had to read it like five times downstairs just so I didn't just start laughing. Oh, that was hilarious. So uh, a couple people sent me dad jokes this morning. I'm not going to read them all, but Steve Barnes did send me an email with one, two, three, four dad jokes. But then also a nice little note. So I'm going to read one dad joke and then his note. But 
What do you call a factory that makes okay products? <laughs> oh, I think I've heard this one. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. A satisfactory. Satisfactory. <laughs> oh, very good. But hey, here's his here's his message, and I hope he doesn't mind me reading this. I can't imagine he would. But he says, "I hope y'all have a great day. I know that I will. My twins turned 21 today, and I feel like I hit a huge milestone. I helped them get to this point with no trouble with the law and no broken bones. One is in college, or excuse me, one is a college graduate, and one's been with the same company since 16. Just wanted to share that with you. Now here's a great quote." To laugh often and much, to win the respect of intelligent people and the infection of children, to leave the world a bit better, to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived, this is to, this is to have succeeded, and that's Ralph Waldo Emerson. Very yeah. nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, happy birthday excellent. to his yeah. boys. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday. Yeah, they're not on the list. So yeah. Milestone for being 21, right? Yep. Absolutely. No jail time. That's good. Yep. Good job. <laughs> He'd have to stop loving him. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody that would. <laughs> Sam, be careful, buddy. <laughs> One bad decision away from your parents not loving you. Uh, let's see here. I just want to give a quick Dustin Romero update. I don't have all the details, but his surgery was a success. He is healing. He says everything went well. He had shot me a text message early, like, surgery's done. It went well. You know, That's crazy. I was just like, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it would have been like, you know, days or hours or, right. you know, something yeah. crazy. That so. was a day surgery too, right? Did he? Yeah. It was outpatient. a morning. Yeah. yeah outpatient. He, yeah. I don't know if he went home or not, but, uh, but I mean. I, it was scheduled for outpatient. outpatient. Oh, yeah. that was. Like yeah. he had it in the morning and yeah. went home that night. Now, yeah. whether he truly did or not, right. I mean, I would assume he did if he was texting everyone and said it went well. I know yeah. I texted with him and like you said, he, he replied right back. Me too, right yeah. away. And I thought, man, must have only been a local. Uh, Veronica Ariola sent me a message this morning she would like to thank everybody who has took the time to reach out to give their condolences for my mom's passing I truly appreciate everyone also anyone is welcome to come and join our family in saying our final goodbyes to our mom and here's the information I'll post this up in the notes Uh, the viewing of Rosary will be October 3rd between 4 and 8 at Crown Hill Funeral Home. The Mass is going to be at St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church on October 4th at 11, and then the burial will be at Olinger Crown Hill at 1 p.m. in Wheat Ridge. Again, I'll, and then the reception will be at Blooming Ideas Event Center on uh, October 4th at 3 p.m. Again, I'll post this all up in the, in the show notes. So anybody that wants to support the areolas, there you go. Yeah, beautiful resting place Crown Hill is. Yep. It's a great Absolutely. And then uh, <clears throat> this weekend, Jesse Radabaugh and his wife are going to be putting flyers in the trucks in the yards. Uh, it's just to support his wife's and daughter's uh, choir, their show that's coming up. Yeah, so, man. you know, take the time to look at it. Don't just throw it out the window in the yard. You know, maybe that's something you and your family could go do and participate in. Absolutely. Cool. Celebrations, anniversaries. Wow. George Pockeater, one year yesterday. Congratulations, George. We, yeah, we love you, George. We he's, do love he's you, George. He's our artist. He is. Our grooming <clears throat> artist. Did you see his new books? He's got the adult JFW Cullen book okay. and then like a Halloween. Yeah, he's like, got mm-hmm. eight, eight books on Amazon. Wow. So, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, he's cool. shown me a few pictures, but uh, I don't know if I could even color the adult one. Man, oh, man, it's 
Got a lot of lines. A lot, yeah. of, <laughs> a lot of detail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know Allie's coloring one, so yeah. Nice. That is cool. Birthdays, Charlie Baran. He has a birthday Saturday the 30th. Happy that, birthday, Charlie. Charlie. That's his, uh, what, what do they call that when you're... You know, you're, you you're turn golden or whatever. Yeah, is that his golden? He turns 30 on the 30th? It's called the Dirty 30. <laughs> the Dirty 30. <laughs> I think that was 30 years ago for Charlie. <laughs> I was trying the, to be nice. The Double Dirty? <laughs> the Double Dirty. There you go. <laughs> you got your... Happy birthday, Charlie. Yeah, happy birthday, Charlie. <laughs> your Dirty 30s, your Filthy 40s. No, I'm just kidding. I'll stop. That's just my life. Family birthday celebrations. We got Mariah Trujillo has a birthday Sunday the 24th. That has to be Rich's daughter. Mariana Carolas and Melissa Peterson have birthday, had a birthday Monday the 25th. Happy birthday to you two. Then Nazareth Sotelo, that's Pedro's daughter, has a birthday or yesterday, Tuesday the 26th. Then Alonzo Martinez, which is um, Tony's son, he has a birthday today. Mm-hmm. Lori McCoy, that's Frank McCoy's wife, has a birthday Friday the 29th. Christy LeBlanc, that's Andrew Martinez's wife. And Gavin Barnes has a birthday Saturday the 30th. Wow. Busy that's week. a lot of, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of birthdays. Happy birthday, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Good the Barnes stuff. family, I mean, that's if he's got two that just turned 21 today and one that turns 30. Right. Uh, or on, on the 30th. I don't know how old they turn, but on the yeah. 30th. Yeah, that's, that date has to back up to something special nine months ago. Yeah, Gavin. <laughs> Gavin's a little younger than that. I don't. When it comes to the family birthdays, I don't give uh, their ages and dates because I don't. Sure. Know, yeah. Like some weirdo out there, yeah. like figuring out what their date of yeah, birth is. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. Something like that. So. Hey, did you did you skip down on us, Jim? Do you maybe? The I probably new, did. New, I always do. New employees. Ah, uh, yeah, new employees, and I love this name. We got Fabio De Gaetano Plaza. De Gaetano. De Gaetano's. Because there is a restaurant, Gaetano's, yeah. over in uh, the Highlands off of 38th. Oh, it's okay. an Italian restaurant. I was like, oh, I remember how to say that, and I didn't. But welcome <laughs> to the fleet, Fabio. Yep. Yeah, yeah welcome, welcome Fabio. Yeah. yeah, he had a good attitude, introduced himself the other mm-hmm. morning to us. He's a super you know, good joke, guy. Joked yep. around that he was a Fabio with the short hair. <laughs> and so good introduction. <laughs> right. Big smile. That's L- funny. Yeah. Huh. All right, time for shout-outs. Before we get into shout-outs, I want to give an un-shout-out to uh, Oswaldo for, <laughs> for, not, yeah, for not listening to the podcast in Mexico. <laughs> I thought for sure we would get a listen, and we didn't. So I'll save the rest of my words for you later. We, we kind of bet well. on that last week. Yeah, yeah, I know, we, we thought for yep, sure right? he would be engaged. Man, but right? That's a yeah. rough welcome back, isn't yeah. it, Oswaldo? You're going to take a beating down there today. I feel it. <laughs> I mean, on, on a side note, he can skip, though. After, oh, nice. <laughs> After the beating you took from Toro yesterday, it's just more to Really? <laughs> a rough rough start after know. vacation? He was jumping back in. That's uh, funny. But an actual shout-out for somebody we do care about. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. Bacon. <laughs> I'll, call it, I'll call it for you. Bacon. Sorry. Does everybody know how amazing Nat Bisignano is? So I got to tell you, I missed a shout-out for him in the Boca division about Two podcasts ago. So last week I made a really big deal about making sure I gave that person their due credit. Yeah, right. You yeah. covered it. And I gave it to Gilly. <laughs> 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 but luckily all the things I said about Gilly, great husband, great father, they all apply to Nat as well. But Nat is kind of a really quiet guy and he doesn't really get involved in a whole lot. He does a great, amazing job. Always a pleasure to see him. So 
Big shout out to Nat Bisignano. Good job, Nat. Way to go, Nat. Yep. Hey, and just so you know, because you can't see it because of the podcast here, <laughs> your name is like, it's 22 type right. typos bigger. It's huge. Than, yeah, not typos, but it's huge. whatever you call it, bigger than everybody else. <laughs> that, would, that would be huge. Yeah, huge, I think Jam huge. was just afraid he was going to forget about him again. <laughs> right. he, it was, he covered you, Nat. It was my first note on this outline because Big Country called me. He's like, uh, I think you made a mistake. And I'm like, what? And then he told me, and I was cursing, like, ah, <laughs> man. That's what happens. You're 51. You don't remember things if you don't write them down. <laughs> All right. I know uh, Jim and Dave wanted to give a shout-out to Ann Scrivener, Peterson. Yeah, absolutely. For covering for Joanne and Amber, getting Toro going, working on Altatel, trying to get rid of Uma. And then uh, she also came in on a day off Saturday to make sure all these things were happening. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of a rough week for Joanne or for, uh, well, yeah, for Joanne. She fell and, 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 and Amber and hurt her ribs. Amber, and, then, yep. and then Amber had COVID. Yep. And then Anne, you know, ended up filling in for both of them. And, you know, it was just a busy week. And you know, the other two were trying to recover. So, yeah, shout out to all those. She, was, she stepped up and was a silent warrior. Huh? Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep, yeah. Made it happen. Want to give a shout out to Steve Barnes. Uh, he gave me a call the other day after last week's podcast and wanted everybody to know that anyone and everyone is welcome to ride in his truck. So Very we cool. got if we got spare drivers. We need to double people up. Steve Barnes is a go-to guy. Even a Democrat jam? Ooh, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. that'd be a rough one. We got. <laughs> hold on, wait. We got Democrats that work here. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. It was just uh, last night. <laughs> 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 uh, last night I had a, a police car pass me. He was going to an accident. It, and the only reason I know he was going to an accident it was just around the corner. But there was a couple policemen in the one car, you know. And I thought about us riding together, you know. And and you know, there's been some great cop shows where you know people are partnered up and. You know, you hear, hear the stories, or that was my partner for 30 years, and, and all that kind of different stuff. And I was thinking, you know, why can't we look at it the same way when we have to have two guys ride together, that they're, they're, they're the... Partners. They're partners. They're the unbeatable duo. They're Ponch and John. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're car 54. Yeah. Eric just gave away his age. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned Chips. He gives a thumbs up. <laughs> Andy Griffith and Don Knotts, right? <laughs> well, yeah, why can't why can't we just do that? You know, why why is it why is it such a thing when we could just, you know, partner up for the day and and uh, you know, solve crime together, which is getting through the traffic all day long. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Well, well, clearly it looks like Steve Barnes and Jesse Radabaugh. Yeah, I was about to get to Jesse cuz it was maybe an hour or two later I got the same thing from Jesse, like, hey, I just want to let you know, anybody needs to ride along, my truck is open. So That is awesome. Yeah, good, good stuff. It's good stuff, yeah. <clears throat> Everybody remember Richard Garul? Yeah. yeah. Of course. Sure do. He was a good, good dude, Rich. Yep. So I got a Facebook message from Richard the other day. He said, hey, Jam, I want to give a shout-out to a bulk driver. I don't know who she is. That gave it away. But she sounded like the girl. <laughs> she sounded like the girl from the podcast. Well, it narrowed it down. <laughs> yeah, didn't give it away. Narrowed it down. Well, but she sounded like the girl from the podcast. <laughs> oh, that's awesome that Richard uh, listens to the podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was at Portland getting loaded, and she was about to get into her truck. I was behind her, couldn't see the truck number. The driver behind me was giving her hell, saying that you'll just milk the clock. This was. Well. 
Oh, she was professional and didn't engage or go down to his level. She stayed true to the high road. She told the driver she had to air up the trailer, and that other driver just kept giving her hell. She drove off with a cool head and a professional like how you guys always are. That driver performed the creed. Side note, I went in the next silo, went down, and that same driver was forced over to silo 35 and was now behind three other trucks, LOL. <laughs> karma. <laughs> yeah, karma. Came back and got him. <laughs> As I left, I said to myself, you reap what you sow. I wanted to leave you with this scripture, Romans 12.2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Hope you are doing well, and may God bless you all. Thanks, Richard. Yeah, yeah thanks, Richard. Awesome. You know what, you know what miss that you, Richard. was, don't you? That's high road up. Yeah. High road up. <laughs> and then JR, <clears throat> he wanted to say uh, John Moore gave, gave him a shout-out for checking to make sure his truck was clean when he came back from vacation. But the real shout-out should be for Linda, who initially reminded us of John's return and asked me to check it out. Oh, look at that. Yeah. That's teamwork. Awesome. Yeah, that, that is teamwork, teamwork isn't it? That, that is high road up. That you is. That's, that's just awesome. I have a quick shout out. Uh, my wife got home last night and she's like, uh, <clears throat> well, let's put it this way. She's not a driver, right? <laughs> really? <laughs> love, love you, dear. You're a very good, safe driver, but zero aggression, which is good, right? That's what you want, right? I mean, I don't, I don't think she's ever been in an accident, you know, at knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. And uh, anyway, she come home last night and she's like, one of your trucks let me in on the way home last night trying to get off of 6th Avenue on I-25, but I think it was a mechanic driving because it didn't have a trailer on. And I was like, oh, it was Bobtail. It was one of the guys from Union coming home, one of the one of the bulkers. And I said, did you get a truck number? And she said, yeah, 40. So Frank McCoy, thanks for letting the white Yukon over in front of you, buddy. That was nice. the wife. Good move, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. See, you never know. You never, There's eyes out there everywhere, know. right? Frank, look at what happened down in Portland. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Frank's a chill dude. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah, very cool. Yep, takes it easy. Yep. <clears throat> Any other shout-outs, guys? No? Good, I think, yeah. Okay. Sweet. Let's get into the discussion. <clears throat> a couple things from Scooby uh, and the safety team over at Yard 23, but here also, right? We need to watch our personal vehicle speeds in the yards, but also on Newport and Forest Street. It's kind of like we said, you just never know who's watching. Uh, Forest Street has become like a little drag strip for some of our guys coming and going. You know, let, let's be, you know, good neighbors and be careful and yeah. safe and no reason to be doing 50 miles an hour down that road. Same thing with Newport. Always reminds me of when we had that one driver pass you guys coming down Newport at the top <laughs> of the hill here. Yeah. Right. Had yeah. to get around us. But that yeah. just reflects, you know, we talk about all the time, reflects on how you act the rest of the day, too. Right. Yeah, I mean, I remember that driver said, oh, you guys are going to control what I do in my personal car? It's like, well, if we're watching you drive like that and you're, you're passing us on a, on, a, on a residential street. The so, choices you're making are awful. Yeah, we just have a feeling everything else is wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, also from Scooby, please, if you're replacing mud flaps, reuse them. Turn them over, cut them. You may have to cut the other one because we don't want it to be uneven. uneven and we're going to high road up and be that next level trucking company. But we got 30 mud flaps the other day, and we're down to like 10. So Unbelievable. And, yep. and why are we tearing mud flaps off? I mean, wh again, why does that happen? It just... Yeah, that's, that's a whole nother Oprah. Right? 
that should be dedicated a whole podcast. Yep. So backing yep. up on top of a pile. Yes. And I know we ask about, you know, fining or some kind of, you know, whatever problem or making it hard or yeah. however, but it, you know, we just, it didn't feel like we should enforce that. Yeah, we just never acted on it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. just... it, it's just, feels <clears throat> like it's wrong. Yeah. Right. One thing I can say though, mud flaps are cheap. What's they it? they are not made like they used to be. Oh. You know, they don't have the fibers <laughs> running through them. Okay, they're very expensive, but <laughs> cheaply made. They're cheaply cheap. made. Okay. Yes, thank yeah. you. Because they're friggin' expensive. Yeah, those, no, I know how those much Those 20 mud flaps we bought was over $1,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ridiculous. They, I, know the, I know it was a few weeks ago. Mike couldn't even get any. Yeah. Oh, it's been that way since COVID. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, in the old days, they had all these fibers running through them, and you you couldn't pull one off if you tried. No, it was they were tough. Yep, you know. Uh, last thing from Scooby: Make sure you start bringing your foul weather gear with you, because you never know you may get caught somewhere you don't want to get caught slipping. You know, you may go up to to fair play, everything look good and and great, and then on your way down, something happens, you break down, storm rolls in, and yeah. your truck's not running, and you're freezing to death. So, you wouldn't want to get caught up there in your Converse shoes. No, not at all. So, <laughs> Got a funny <laughs> story chucks. about Rock and Ron <laughs> that chucks. is that very thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I know you did it, Super Dave. I did the same thing. I used to have this big army bag, and I would just bring my my overalls, my winter gloves. You know, all my winter stuff would just be in that bag. And, yeah. you know, you do got to go to chain up. You throw all that mm-hmm. stuff on. and I know, part, of, part of the fear of chaining is getting cold. Yeah, you know, if right. you're warm and chilly, yeah. if you're warm and dry, it'll be a lot better experience That's than right. if you're cold and wet. Yeah, here's Pete. a tip: you're never gonna chain in nice conditions, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ever. No, be a Boy Scout, be prepared. Yep. No, it won't be like you, you learned in the yard. By the way, Kendrick is having a chaining class this this Saturday. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Don't know what time. Nice. Yeah, he might do a few of them. So. Nice. Are they gold chains or silver chains? Or? <laughs> yes. Oh, tire yeah. chains. Kendrick's okay. all about the bling, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. But he was that guy, you know, like with the trench coat flips up. Like, you do want a chain, man? He's going <laughs> to skip, skip his way into a chain class. <laughs> all right. From JR, if the camera is talking to you, please listen to it. It's not there to annoy you. It's there to help you be better. Ignore. Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ignoring or being dismissive of the dash cam voice prompts is the same as ignoring us, as the dash cams are programmed to what JFW standards are. Again, to be the best of the rest. High road up. I like that. But great point. I mean, we spent a lot of money. If you guys want to know how much, we're probably up to about $500,000 with the additional cameras and everything over a five-year period of time. We want you guys to use the cameras. Probably. Absolutely, Jim. <laughs> I tell you, I mean, I, Jim and I have a story from this morning just coming to work. Great. We we get on the interstate there uh, at 136 southbound, and, you know, there's usually traffic out. It's not usually heavy, but, you know, this morning just seemed like a lot of traffic. And there goes two gravel trucks just blows past us as we're getting on the on-ramp. I mean, they're scooting. They're scooting, right? And of course, I'm like, who is that? It just didn't... It, you know, usually you, you pick out a truck, you're like, oh, that's such and such, that's such and such, or JFW, or you know what I mean, a you know, competitor. You recognize the truck, and we didn't recognize these, and they were working traffic in and out of the fast lane, back to the middle lane, and they were running 80. I mean, they were... Holy mackerel. They were strolling. There was no, there was no hold back on what they were doing, and we finally caught them down by 120th only because they got caught up in traffic, 
and truly we were desperate to see who it was and i actually pulled out my phone because i was sitting in the passenger seat and have pictures of them at 75 miles an hour they're less than a truck length apart from each other and and i guess you know we looked at that and thought you know this is how these guys are driving at 4 30 in the morning and we just looked at each other and thought you know how thankful we are that we promote not looking like this Mm -hmm. you know if a state patrolman were to see those two guys because they were just racing you know i don't know where they were headed and it I mean, I'll throw it right out there. It was Crystal Landscaping out of Fort Collins. Very nice trucks, very nice trailers. Yeah, that was the thing. But, very nice stuff. Yeah, but very uneducated drivers. It They could all be in brand new equipment. They looked awful. Hmm. I mean, it was it was the epitome of bad is how they looked. It was, I mean, truly, you guys, it was, it was awful. And I guess our cameras would have been going crazy. Right. We would have been notified. Right. You know, obviously, we're restricted to 72 miles an hour, not only because of fuel consumption, but because of safety. I mean, we eliminated, I don't know how many call-ins when we went to 72 miles an hour. We did it for fuel years ago back in the fuel crunch. It was just a byproduct that we learned how many phone calls we eliminated. And clearly, that was before we had cameras. So right. everything we've done to make ourselves better, and when I say ourselves, it makes you guys better. You look better on the road, and I'm thankful there's over 100 JFW trucks on the road that will never look like that in the morning. You know, they won't look like that at any point during the day. If they're following each other too close, exactly what JR said, that camera is going to get on there and notify you. You're, you, you need to increase following distance. You're following too close. And I, I just, I love that we've become proactive rather than reactive. Right. You know, no, the owner doesn't want that for crystal landscaping. I was going to ask, are you going to email them or call them? You know, the best thing I should do is try and see what that photograph looks like on my phone, Jam. Because, mm. I mean, obviously, we were running 70. They were running 75. Right. You know, and I don't know what it looks like if I could attach that to a photo and go, hey, just just thought you should know. Right. You know, and clearly their trucks aren't governed at, at 72 or 75. I don't know if they just couldn't go any faster than 80, but... They were clearly doing 80, and that's not one of those scenarios like I had to do 80 to catch them. They were doing 80. I mean, we wow. paced them there for a few minutes, <laughs> right. right? And then they hit traffic, and we were able to roll up next to them and see who it was. So, wow. you know, it's it, I, I'm thankful we're better than that. Right. You know, and I, again, I, I truly believe that owner wouldn't want that. Absolutely right? not. Yeah, speaking of following distance, <clears throat> it's been a little while since I've been out trucking, and I got the opportunity to go out, did a couple runs the other day, and there was a few times where I'm like, holy crap, I'm up this person's ass. Like, I just felt like like the, the thing's going to beep at me, or like, I'm going to get a notification soon, and then either I look down and I'm under 45 miles an hour, or I count the seconds and I'm two seconds away, Right. Two seconds is half the distance of what right. we should be, right? But we don't get dinged at a second and a half or above, right? Right. So even with me feeling like I was too close, I was still above the parameter that we have the camera set to. So if you're closer than that, I just, I just don't know how you're doing it. Like I would be freaked out the yeah. whole time. If you're getting notifications, you are more than too close. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, good. but I think that's part of that numbness we talk about where you just get used to that situation. Could be. So it even makes it more dangerous when you're following that close. Yeah. You know, because like you don't realize it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah you, absolutely. You, you yeah. just don't see it anymore. And that, you know, Crystal Landscape, I know, you know, I've passed their yard up north and 
it's a big yard, but it's it's well maintained. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I've been by per, it too. Yeah, it's right. A nice perfect place. bends. The materials all stacked. Mm-hmm. Those trucks were good looking. When you talk about the you know the the owner not wanting that, you know that just reflects back on that business because you think, well, why should I go there? Look how their trucks drive. You know, and, and and people don't realize what that leads to. Right. It's like you know? that bad review we got on Google. Yeah. Like, I know that was another truck driver mad at JFW. Yeah. Right? And that's the, that's the experience that he's showing that he had with us. We went to have that taken down, and we were unsuccessful, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, because that was somebody's experience. But, yep. you know, it has nothing to do with our – we would like to think it has nothing to do with our company, right? But right. that's who we got representing the company. Yep. Right. So, mm-hmm. You know, I think everybody will say, do you like the alerts? No. But do you think it makes you a safer, better driver? Absolutely. Yeah, everybody they, When says I that. was out in the Western Star the other day doing that load with Mikey, it I wasn't I've I've never been out in a truck with the um, accident mitigation. mitigation. And I love the little readout because it tells you how many feet and it doesn't say seconds, Jan, but it says feet. And I just, it, I took it as a like, oh, I need to back off. And it only takes a fraction of a second yeah. to take your foot off the accelerator. And, of course, the big truck slows down way faster than the car. And literally in one second, I was within the safe following distance. Right. I, I, I loved it. I just loved it. I hate that that's in seconds. I mean, feet. In feet. I hate that it's in feet because that's just programming people to look at the wrong thing. Like, who cares how many feet you are behind a car? Sure. I want to know how how many seconds I am behind that sure. car. It yeah. just is the opposite. Can we change that in the programming, Dave? We need to figure that out. Yeah. 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 It wouldn't be. be a bad thing to ask and see. I mean, we're definitely new to the not only the Western Star programming, but the Cummins, if that has anything to do with it. I would guess that would probably be the, the Western Star programming I on would that. Think. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would think. Yeah, yeah, if not, we need to try to do some conversions. Whether is it a hundred feet? That's one second. And how feet, fast though? That's what feet. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, are you doing sixty-five or are you doing fifty-five? Right. Are you doing seventy-five? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was relative to Jim because the slower I was going, the more feet it gave me. You know what I'm saying? So if I was going sixty, I'm just making this up. It was like you know two hundred feet, and it beeped, or less than two hundred feet. And if I was going Oh, like let's just say thirty-five. It beeped at I want to say like fifty feet, sure. right, or yeah. thirty-five uh, feet, or yeah. something like yeah. that. Uh, so it was relative to the speed. Yeah. I mean, the thing about that accident mitigation and the cameras, it's the same two things. We can ask the same two questions that you. Uh, we have to yet have any driver answer these any different way. The first question is, do you like the cameras? Absolutely not. I hate them. Every <laughs> single driver will say that. You follow up with the second question and go, have they made you a better driver? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Every single driver. If, if I, I will be interested to find the and have a conversation with the first mm-hmm. driver that comes up with that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll have one now, huh. right? We'll, well have somebody it, come it, up and, it, and it, have one, but it's going to be interesting to be proven wrong on that. Right. Yeah, if I, you had that conversation, I would say there was a problem, Dave. Yeah, right? Yeah. Because yeah. well, you're following too close mm-hmm. or you're driving too yeah. fast. I mean, there's yeah. no... Yep. Yeah, we did have we did have that one driver say the cameras are a distraction to him, but he also <laughs> said, you know, being at ninety one thousand pounds coming down the hill, it depends on the situation, you know, how fast it like yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. one thing I can say, <laughs> everybody is used to cameras now. You know, I'll do these interviews with drivers and I'll say, well, we have cameras and they're inside and outside facing, and they're like, oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. 
a few years ago, we had drivers quit because we put cameras in three. the trucks. We've, I think we've lost three drivers. Yeah. Because of the and so we now fu- every company out there has cameras <laughs> in their trucks. It's a norm. Yep. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. paid for every camera in the fleet. <laughs> yep. the, fir- <laughs> the first thing the cameras caught was somebody taping the inward facing camera. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was and then, then lied about it, and then he no longer works here. But yep. Yeah. That yep. was the first thing. Did you do that? Got, nope. nope. Is this you on camera? <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I think the the incident yesterday, we had a driver that we let go yesterday, and I think the incident yesterday would have went differently without any video. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because he could have told us Anything. any Rock. story. Yeah. Any story. And to have to, even though we still let him go, he, you know, he had to tell the truth, which still was was bad, but it it was the truth. Oh, he fessed up his mess up like eight hours later. But he had no choice, Jim. right? Yeah, it's like time to go home and bring the truck in, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was unfortunate. Yep. Uh, this is what Jr. has to say about following too close on Highway 285. It's always a huge risk, especially these coming days, as the leafers are making their presence known. So. You know, just more on uh, following too close and especially going to and from fair play. That road is dangerous. Give people space. Even our own trucks. Even our own trucks. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, JR has noticed higher harsh brake events are becoming more frequent, mostly due to inadequate following distances. Distracted driving, not looking far up ahead to read the road, traffic conditions, etc. So, more on that. <clears throat> Let's see, Morrison is C470. Uh, we have drivers letting the truck reach higher than 65 miles an hour. So that's coming down. I guess that would be, is that... Um, 285. Yeah, but is that... Uh, after Morrison, like you go to Morrison, I think it's that you just let it roll out of there after you get on to Yeah, from Highway right? 8, where you oh, get off and gotcha. go to the Morrison pit. Gotcha. Right, isn't that 8? Yep. Yeah, and you yeah, just from yeah, there down highway eight, yeah, you just Morrison exit. Yeah, yeah cutting it loose. To I know, p- I know. If you're getting on to come up four seventy, like to seventy, they probably aren't. But if they're going past the exit, they're just. Well, we hope they roll. aren't if they're getting on four seventy. Well, yeah, because that's a bunch of breaking. I, mean, I, I personally have been. Yeah, there's a lot of rolled over trucks on that one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was behind the one guy. They named they called him Tiny from Stars and Stripes years ago. I mean, he literally rolled over right in front of me around that curve. You know, and I got out, and he was. I ran up to him, and he was kicking the windshield out of the truck, trying to get out of the truck because it was. And that embankment, you know, it's not just on its side; it's on its side on that embankment, mm-hmm. yeah. right? I mean, there's a possibility you go too fast; it could go all the way over, not just on its side. So, scary stuff. Got to be aware of what you're doing. Yep. Next on the list from Jr. Drivers are over dependent on service brakes versus the engine brake. For example, speeding up to the yard entrances and not letting the engine brake slow you down. This also includes areas such as before mentioned, Denver West, Floyd Hill, Kenosha Pass, Crow Hill. We could probably throw Windy Point on there, right? Absolutely. Et cetera. Hosh, was somebody going to say something? Yeah, yeah, I was just, I mean, it's all about that. But when you, when you talk about those areas, and I read it earlier, Jam, I was leaving the other night, and it was, I don't know, it was pretty late, 6.15 or 6.30, going down to the end of Newport here, and had one of the guys coming up to make the turn off of 56th, and um, I'm like, man, he's flying, man, he's flying. Come right up, and there is no way the truck was able to jake, and he stepped on the brakes to just whip it around the corner. Trailer brakes were squealing the whole bit, and I'm like, that 
that whole truck has disc brakes uh, on it. Bad and it just was so disappointing. And, and this note is exactly right because of the, the hills and stuff here. But it happens just coming, right. you know, what, half a quarter mile from the office and you, you just can't relax and run the jakes, turn the corner. Because I know these trucks, you don't have to step on the brakes to make that corner. Not empty. Right. You know, you just let off, it jakes down, mm-hmm. it shifts down, and comes around the corner. Yeah, and that, the, that's so disappointing yeah. and unsafe. <clears throat> the jakes are so powerful because the transmission shifts at the same time. Yeah. And man, within 20 feet, you've dropped 25 miles an hour oh, empty. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it, it's, it's funny, too, because it's a... It's a older driver and a, and a long-time employee at this point for us. Gave me a big wave, a smile, the whole bit. But my, my impression of him was, <laughs> yeah, was, was ruined. You know, and I was, I was disappointed. Going too fast. Yeah, don't go in too fast. And, and you, you know, back to the two trucks we passed this morning or however you want to look at it, it's the impression that we're trying to create about being better, about high road hauling up and all that kind of stuff. And I lost it all with a one-second turn. Who was it? <laughs> I've 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 talked to the safety guys about it. He was in a red truck. Oh, <laughs> that narrows it down. Aluminum trailer. <laughs> it was aluminum, so that even narrows it nor- more. So no no bulk, no rock trailer. So okay, it narrows it by ninety. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I believe it was from this yard. Oh, okay, <laughs> I believe. Huh. That narrows it down to 70. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I believe it was a Kenworth. No. <laughs> Eric, do you see the same same problems with some of your other clients? Well, absolutely. Um, we have uh, many clients that are trying to high road up and doing a great job. <laughs> nice. um, um You guys are exceptional, obviously. This is um, just listening to you guys this morning is pretty amazing on how, how much attention you pay and and your guys pay but yeah i would say um the majority of our clients are um are doing a, their level best to awesome. stay safe great good last thing from jr harsh braking to adjust loads such as cores in other words brake checking instead of using a rake provided at the loading area so man when i was driving Back in the day, 2013 and 14, like, you know, brake checking to adjust your load was, I mean, it was just what you did, you know. And then when I came back, I remember I ran up uh, to Friday to grab a load, went to the topping area, brake checked my load, and guess what? I snapped a leaf spring in the front on the tractor. So that sucked, and I had to bring it down with a broken leaf spring. Oh, yeah, not good. That was scary. So one of the biggest things at Coors when we're under the can where the brake checking is happening, and it it seems like, I don't know, six months or eight months or a year goes by and we have to readdress this. You know, and I don't know if it's just a different crew each time or whatever. You're over a basement right. where we load. Right. Right? You're, you're on what you think is a parking lot is actually a floor. Right. Right? There's Ceiling. a ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. <clears throat> see, you're on a roof. Yep. Right? You're on the roof of a building <clears throat> is what you're on. There's a basement below you. You cannot brake check there. You know, I mean, they've had to go in and like rebrace and, you know, uh, strengthen that underneath where we're loading. So yeah, not to yeah, 
jump in there, but I think that roof is from the like 1930s. Probably. Too. I mean, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's not a brand new roof. Yeah. I guess when Russia says the bombs are heading our way, we should all bail there and find the basement at Coors. <laughs> the tunnels underneath the mansion there. Yeah, yeah. right. Marty's told us about. Right. Yeah. yeah so those, no, no shot, no, uh, no brake check under the can. We just can't do it. Yep. Use the rake, use the ladder. That's what it's mm-hmm. for. Yeah. And don't use the tarp. The tarp is not a bulldozer. It that that's a winch motor that you'll just you'll destroy the tarp. It's got so much power. You know, we've had tarps come in here and there's grain two feet up on the tarp, and they're like, "Oh, I did that when I was loading." Well, no, that that's not when you were loading because when you were loading, it was together, and it would just be on a few pieces on a few ribs. When it's right. when it's piled up across, you can tell whether they pushed it or whether yeah. they loaded on it. It's very exactly. obvious the difference. Absolutely. So, well, you can also always look at the load too, Dave. A few times we've climbed up there, and it looks like somebody <laughs> gave the grain a buzz cut. Yeah, it's got exactly. That little right? little yeah. flat top flat. going, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we have a, a rake up there. We have a ladder up there. The ladder's called the stairway to heaven. You can roll it all around. Mm-hmm. You know, get up there. Super easy to use. Yeah, I mean, the rake reaches all the way across. Get out of the truck while you're loading monitor how it's going in the trailer is it going in the center that's going to make a huge difference when you're trying to get enough material in there when it's like loading light dave i only have seven to nine minutes to load i can't get out of the truck ah i don't know i i set my timer at 14 minutes when i'm loading Ooh, wow you know it doesn't it really doesn't come out very fast gotcha well, there you go. Those, those are good those are all good points with jr you kind of yep. yeah yeah really he crushed it, it didn't you yep. yeah absolutely Last thing on my list for the discussion is OODA loop. OODA loop. OODA. 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 Right? Is that, is that like food or? Like, it sounds like a baker. It sounds, <laughs> it could it help sounds you, Italian. It could help you decide what to have for, <laughs> for food. So anyway, um, we adopted situational awareness as part of our safety program. We talk about it all the time. We've probably mentioned it a hundred times in one podcast. Situational awareness. It's even on this podcast in the tips and tricks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Situational awareness is also among the firearms community, right? To be situational aware. We've talked about the conditions, white, white, yellow, orange, and red, even black. So anyway, there was this other thing called OODA loop, and I had put this together a few weeks ago. I didn't send it out because I was just like, ah, these guys probably won't dig it. Like, I'm just a gun geek. You know what I mean? This is like, you know, just some... Some nonsense they probably want to hear about. But OODA Loop was actually developed by Colonel, uh, what is his name? Colonel, I have it. Colonel John Boyd, right? And he was in the Air Force, and this was developed to help people in dogfights and help fighter pilots make decisions more accurately and faster, okay? And what it stands for, O-O-D-A, OODA, is Observe, Orient, decide and act and i just thought we could use that for a few different things one if you're being situationally aware out there on the road and let's say somebody blows a stop sign right you're observing that you're orientating meaning okay like what does that mean to me you're processing the information then you make a decision and then you gotta act and this happens in milliseconds right right so just imagine a dog fight right so you got two fighter pilots you're trying to get your OODA to go faster than your opponent's OODA, mm-hmm. right? Your OODA loop needs to be faster than your opponent's. I like to say there's a giver and a receiver of OODA, even though you both have your own OODA going. 
picture two fighters, right? Two boxers. You've all seen it. One boxer is just like he hits a guy with a 10-piece. It's like a clinic. And the guy's getting his ass kicked. And all of a sudden, he sees that jab come. He slips, counters. Well, all of a sudden, his order is going faster than the other guy's. So just because you're the receiver doesn't mean you can't speed yours up and be the giver, right? So we could use this in a lot of different ways. We could use it for defensive driving. We could use it for making decisions with the business. There's just all sorts of ways to apply this. So I sent it out. I was surprised at the reaction I got, but I'll let you guys speak on it a little bit. Yeah, it's just a different way to look at things, Jam. I think all the different responses we we had, and I know I kicked it back at that one point about you know the driver we let go yesterday. How would we use it in that circumstances? And mm-hmm. and you had a, a a good response back, and and so did the team. I think uh, you know letting a driver go is a little bit different situation because we really take that personally. Is there a you know is there a training moment? Can we can we do this? Can we do that? Did they do this? You know, we look at a lot of situations that's you know a slower slower probably reaction than this but this as far as driving just like you mentioned you know you see a bunch of brake lights come on in front of you you know okay so you've let off the the fuel you know so you're you're you know you're you're still orientating yourself to what's going on and then you decide hey there's a lot of brake lights i'm on the i'm on the brakes you know or you know hey people are you've all been in that situation you got brake lights a lot of brake lights cars are diving you know, off the road, what am yeah. I doing? You know, and that, that's your action right then and there. And I think if we can, we can grow this and, and, you know, you said it, same thing, situational awareness is the same thing, you know, looking, <laughs> looking ahead of yourself. But yeah, I like the, I like the breakdown of it. You know, at the beginning of it's a little confusing because to observe it, you have all this stuff feeding it. <laughs> a lot of outside information. A lot of outside. <clears throat> and that, and that's so true. But I I guess that's what I'm a visual person. That was the reason I printed the diagram jam instead Mm -hmm. of just talking about it. I I feel bad for our guys and gals because they don't they don't have this breakdown. But Mm -hmm. I love the fact it's a loop. You are you are continuously doing that. It's I mean, you're never ending If if you stop that loop in life, just in decision making in anything. You're just sitting there going la 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 la. I mean, you were just wide open. and, And, you know, in the gun community, it's for attack. You're wide open for attack, right? And I mean, yeah, you can just apply it in any way. You can drive it for defensive driving. You can do it for, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys, and we all talk mm-hmm. about it here. You know, when we go to a restaurant, I like my back to the wall, and I want to see the door, which sounds stupid. It's not because I'm like Afraid. worried or whatever. Isn't but that I want to why be a- Jesse James got killed because he didn't sit with his back <laughs> yeah, to the wall yeah, up there I, in, in I, uh, Deadwood. <laughs> could be, Dave. I don't know, but I just, yeah, I just don't like that, right? You know right. what I mean? You want to be aware of your situation. Might have been Wyatt Earp. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> One of those guys. Yeah. I think it's a, I love it, Jam, because it's a decision-making process. Yes. And anytime someone can study that, they're going to make more educated or, or yes. better decisions. Yes. Yeah, good point. And but, I would I would like to sit down and study it and, you know, kind of get it into my head. So when I have to make a quick decision, I go through those steps um, more efficiently, I guess. I feel like it's pretty natural. It's almost like this is, you know, you may be practicing an OODA loop or you have an OODA loop and you don't even realize it. This just kind of breaks it down for you and explains to you what's going on. Jim, you said it's the same as situational awareness, but to me, you're taking the information you gain from situational awareness and then you get to, to process it through the OODA loop and, and see what it means to you. 
Yeah, it put to, it's like to, the next step. Yeah, it puts a name on what situational awareness is. Okay, here's my situation. I'm aware of it, but what am I doing? He, right. here, sure. Here's the right. directions. Right, this explains Jim? the act. Yeah, yeah, yeah making yeah. it making it in a loop. Because I, you know, I joked with you a few weeks ago since you guys are talking about guns and stuff. And there was a, a TikTok I was watching, and they were talking about what type of gun would be best to answer the door if somebody's knocking on the door at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and so you're using your OODA loop here that, okay, there's somebody at the door, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, what kind of gun am I going to get, all this other stuff. And the guy doing the TikTok kind of backed off that, and he goes, okay, he says, I understand the discussion, but who is answering the door at 3.30 in the morning? Right. That's that's That was his OODA loop. <laughs> right. Is, right. There's only something bad behind that door at right. 3.30 in the morning. Right. So <laughs> I'm going to go through this and not open the door. <laughs> right. So, that, that yeah, that's what it makes me think of. Yeah, I mean, I, so I got a funny story. I'm sorry. I got it. It has to do with that. So I was going out to my pickup the other morning, and I keep my garage door opener in my backpack. I was just walking down the sidewalk, and the garage door started opening up. <laughs> Did it scare you? He scared the daylights out of me. Did I'm your like, OODA loop go off? Somebody's in my garage, and they're opening the door. And then, it, it, I mean, my OODA loop went off jam because I thought, wait a minute, it's just the, the clicker in my backpack. It got pushed up against something. But, yeah, I thought, what is going on? It's 4 o'clock in the morning, and my garage door is opening up. That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, the best gunfight you'll ever win is one you don't get in. Yeah. Right, so if you ran that situation through the UDA, the observation is somebody's knocking at my door at three thirty. Right, you orientate that, make sure you. What does that mean to me? You process it. Well, it means that this probably isn't a good situation. The decision is not to go grab your gun. The decision is to stay behind a closed door. Mm-hmm. Right, and then you. The really the action would be to call the cops, I guess. Yeah, that was kind of the end of his thing. There's only two things outside that door, should be, right. is something bad or an officer, you know, that's trying to do something. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Eric, do you have you ever heard of the OODA loop before? Have you, I've have never you? heard of it. I saw it this morning, um, and uh, I, I said, what the heck is an OODA loop? <laughs> and, and, uh, but it feels pretty natural when you look at the diagram and feel like we're all doing it every day. But, you know, the challenge um, for all of us is, the infeed of our OODA loops is like off the charts right now. So determining what is actually real and and not deserving to be in the OODA loop is the challenge for, for me. Okay, <laughs> give, give us an example of what you're talking about. Oh, man, uh, put me on the spot. But um, an example, I think we're overstimulated. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we get thousands of emails and text messages a day and – and your natural inclination is i got to answer every one of them and i got to give you know sure people feedback or whatever but you know if you narrow down what actually needs to be done right away and um and what doesn't then your oodle loop might tell you something completely different hmm. and maybe you don't answer somebody you should have you know, so yeah. it's, it's, um, if I ever send Eric an email and it goes unanswered, I understand why <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he dropped you out of his Uda. Yep. Important, not important. <laughs> Good stuff, Eric. Thank you. Yep. All right. Speaking of Eric, Eric, <clears throat> appreciate you being on the podcast today. Thanks you for are, having me again. Absolutely. You are a commercial lines coverage specialist. What is that? It is a, uh, 
insurance designation, um, an advanced designation of sorts that uh, you, well, in my case, I, uh, Flood and Pete flew me to uh, Scottsdale in July, oh. and I had three weeks of training. Um, wow, three learning, weeks. Uh, three weeks of insurance training, so a lot of napping. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, um, it's it's just an advanced designation. That, okay. So was that this past July? No, it was twelve years ago. Oh, okay. Thirteen I was years ago. Say, I it was just hot as the Dickens down there during July. <laughs> <laughs> Tough to get a nap in, right? Yep. Uh, okay. Tell us a little bit about your family and your background, Eric. Sure. Um, so my entire family, my folks, um, are from a little town in eastern Colorado called Fort Morgan, Colorado. Nice. Um, they uh, dated since they were sophomores in high school. We'll celebrate their 52nd anniversary this Christmas. Uh, my dad, John, is a Hall of Fame football player for the UNC Bears wow. and was a member of the 1969 undefeated team it's a wow. source of great pride in the That's family cool. yeah. that is cool um, i love that right so i grew up in greeley um know fort morgan very well obviously and then you know my mom uh, kept us in line and my dad worked his butt off for 50 years supporting the family i have three daughters uh kayla and my son-in-law colton and my two grandchildren live in oklahoma city okay um, my daughter Taylor and her husband Brennan live here in Denver. Um, Brennan works for Hensel Phelps Construction, and my daughter works for Universal Forest Products, the oh, okay. company I was at previously, yeah. which is a pretty large lumber and building materials company. Yeah. And my baby daughter Riley just moved to Scottsdale, Arizona. To um, She got a job at a wealth advisors company oh, in marketing. Sweet. And... Uh, based on where she lives i don't know if she will ever come home now it's really nice <laughs> but i'm gonna go see her in a couple yeah, weeks you'll again. see her in the summertime yeah. yeah um let's see yeah so that's 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 my that's family awesome. yeah. i did see some pictures of you with your grandkids I'm yeah assuming yeah you can tell you have a lot of pride and oh they, they'll be here friday they bring and you get to, great joy huh yeah that's awesome. That is. <clears throat> now, we had talked about uh, pheasant hunting the other day. You, yeah. You definitely raised my eyebrow with that. Are you into any other hunting? Do you do any other big Gosh, no. Um, and the pheasant hunting that I do, I wouldn't call exactly fair. <laughs> um, no, my, I, uh, my buddy, one of my best buddies, owns the Longmeadow Event Center in oh, Wiggins that oh, we had the cool. yeah. motor carrier shoot at. Yeah. And, so he does guided pheasant hunts in the fall, and it's just kind of like taking candy from a baby. But, <laughs> but it's fun, and we have a great time, and usually have an annual kind of event where a lot of trucking companies come out, and we host a pheasant hunt and have lunch and, and then watch college football the rest of the day. So. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So right. Pretty fun. Nice. Sounds yeah. fun, yeah. Yeah, I had met a lady. I used to uh, be a manager for an electrical distribution warehouse, and this lady tried to gain a business to do the fleet maintenance. And uh, she was a cowgirl. You could tell she was a hunter. And we started talking a little bit. And uh, the range that I teach at is called Great Guns Sporting mm -hmm. up in Nunn. Well, anyway, she went to a bachelorette party there for a pheasant hunt. Wow. Yeah, that was. That at was, the gun range. At the gun range. They, wow. were, going, they were going pheasant hunt. Nice. That's, that's a bachelorette. Yeah. Well, she tells me the story. It wasn't a good time for uh -oh. her at all. Right. She says the first thing, the guy walks out in the field. He opens up the cage, takes a pheasant out, 
shakes it to make it a little stupid, and then puts it down. Oh. Then walks back. Then they send the dogs out to like flush the pheasants out, <laughs> and the dog just goes picks up the live bird. <laughs> That's a bummer when that happens. Yes. <laughs> and brings it back oh. to her. And she's like, "What kind of hunting is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that similar, Eric?" They do a little better job of simulating the wild out that long that also. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so but it does happen, yeah. Okay. Eric, you seem pretty fit. You got some guns on you. Do you spend any time in the gym, or what do you do to... You know, the last two weeks, I have not. This has been a... So two weeks you've been off. Two weeks okay. have been off. But okay. normally, no, I, I do try to get there a few times a week and then just try to get the 10,000 steps a day, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, just... Nothing for no other reason than to prevent father time from taking me out. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I get that. So when you were growing up in Greeley, were you like a, a farm boy? Were you? Were you? No, yeah. um, not a farm boy at all. I Just mean, um, I, my, I had lots of family in farming. I had uh, an aunt and uncle in onion farming up in Alt. Okay, that's um, right near Great Guns. Yeah. Yep. And um, but no, my my. Uh, my folks were not farmers. My dad was also in insurance, and, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so awesome, good stuff. And you've been in Flat Peterson for almost thirteen years, and mm-hmm. before that, you were at UFP, which you just talked about for mm-hmm. fourteen years. You obviously like to stay rooted. Where does this stem from? Oh, that's a great question. I, I mean, uh, probably f- um, f- fear. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, still, I, I need a job. You know, we all need to work for a living. And and and, and here's the deal: um, both companies, particularly Flood and Peterson, were, are great places to work. I mean, we have a, believe it or not, we have a culture very similar to you guys. And we um, believe it. A lot of lifelong friends will be made of it as a result. You know, when people retire or hang it up or move on you know gonna have a lot of friends still and i still have a lot of friends from uh universal forest products and that we're still great friends today and and then it'll be that way at at flood and peterson i'm i'm certain so so i stay rooted because i enjoy the places i've been okay if you weren't in insurance and you were just living out some fantasy dream job of yours what would that be taking out joe rogan on a podcast ratings Ooh. <laughs> yeah. well you've just accomplished that right I mean, yeah <laughs> bucket list check yeah, yeah. We, you have a good sense of humor yeah. too. <laughs> we always tell joe rogan to eat it yeah <laughs> uh probably i if i had my dream job i'd probably have been a football coach and involved that way okay yeah sweet i like it so we've been impressed with the Flood and P team. We know how hard we work at creating our culture and level of service. You just described your company the same. What do you guys do to be so great? You know, do we? I don't want to sound you know conceited in any way, but we work hard. We yeah. you know we um, we develop. We take great pride in developing. The relationships with with our clients, with the community that we are in, um, with our insurance carrier partners, um, with the nonprofits we support, and um, and you know everyone says half the battle is just showing up, right? And, right. and uh, we show up. I should have done a better job introducing Eric. The reason we're talking to Eric and Flutter Peterson is we just switched insurance carriers to 
to Great West. Flood and Pete's are what do you what would you call it? Dave? A- agent. Agent. agent mm-hmm. Right. So uh, that's that's how we developed the relationship with Eric and Flood and Pete. And and that was just to be clear, Jan, that was after the agent we were with prior for I, I mean Jim and I can't really put a number on it. I don't know how we'd look it up. It was over twenty five years. I would almost tell you thirty years we were wow. with our other agent. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, just because I know how loyal you guys are and how much relationships mean to you. Uh, and I remember when Eric started coming around and, you know, we could kind of get into that a little bit more <laughs> in, a, in a few. Yeah, but it was like, fun. you know, I sit at the front and I, I kind of got my finger on the pulse of a few things around here. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way these guys are going to switch. There's no way. <laughs> you know, and Eric come back and I'm like. I kind of felt the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was told that once or twice too. <laughs> uh, that's great. So, uh, so I guess Jim and I can attest, and so can you, Jim, and obviously Super Dave. But uh, Eric does show up. He does, that's right? He does you know, show that's up. one of the things. He's a grinder over right? and over again. Over, yep, yep yeah. I love it. Yeah. So the yeah. the and definitely you, Eric, because you were you know the the front man, right? But you're right. The rest of your team does too. I mean, yeah, we haven't had yeah. one meeting, one one situation that the rest of your team hasn't shown. Thank up. you. So, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. they're they're all great, and and it's a it's they're a huge huge support to the people in the field, like like myself. Sure. Right? So it's Excellent. pretty remarkable. Absolutely. Does Flood and Peterson have a creed or a mission statement? I yeah. do know it by heart. Yes, and the answer is we grow. To deliver our promise and what that means is um, we have promises to deliver to our clients and to the communities we live in um, you know we support hundreds of nonprofits in fact every employee at flood and Peterson that has in my role in the field um, sits on one or two nonprofit boards um, or leads the nonprofit. Um, You've seen our support of anything from the Colorado Motor Carriers Association, very industry specific, to the people in need in the communities. And um, we get all the time, we get comments, particularly in Northern Colorado. I can't imagine a community where Flood and Peterson isn't. Oh, wow. And, and it's because we were very supportive. Our, our founders, Barney Flood and Pete Peterson, always had room in the budget for the Red Cross and, oh, and, nice. and the, the um, various nonprofits. And it's just kind of uh, remarkably remained in our company's DNA. So that's, that's, that's awesome. <coughs> that's How many employees uh, does Flood and Pete have? I would, I'm guessing, but 130-ish. Okay. So sixty-five in Greeley, and and then the balance in our Fort Collins and uh, Denver offices. So it is a Colorado-based company. Hundred percent Colorado-based. Wow. Oh, that's amazing! I love it. And what motivates you, Eric, to to go to work and give your very best each and every single day? Again, aside from the obvious answers like family, um, it's. F- fear of failure and i guess that's the uh athlete in all of us like we want to win right and and uh we want to succeed and 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 i think that's a lot of mindset at flood and peterson as well is it's we want to win and we want to do good for our clients and represent our insurance companies well and the community awesome i, I want to jump in there jump jam in, and I, this isn't a question in there eric but that makes me ask where did you gain that where did you learn that? 
Is that from being an athlete as a youth? A, comp- or a competitor or... A- all of everything you just said, the competition, the the fear of failure, the you know what I mean? That that those are all learned assets that you acquire through your life. Mm-hmm. You know, did your parents teach them to you? Did, was yeah. it sports? Was it you know what I mean? Was there any particular moment in time you remember like, oh, I'm not going to do that again? Or you, you well, know, I've what had I mean? me- hundreds of moments <laughs> of I'm not well, going to yeah. do that again yeah, in my I, life. But um, I had one of those yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I would say a variety of people from the time you're very impressionable to now, whether it be your folks or your grandparents or uh, friends um, or uh, an athletic coach you may have had in the past, is that's, you know, show up, try hard, and do your best. There you right? go. I like it. <clears throat> Circling back to our little giggle earlier. When you first started coming around here, did you think we would be doing business? <laughs> oh man, um, <laughs> I th- tough question. <laughs> I thought we had a chance if we could get through a few meetings. You know, I thought we had a, a like. Remember, uh, Dumb and Dumber, the movie. I just so you're saying there's a chance, right. <laughs> and, and uh, so. When you, when you took a few extra meetings outside of the first one, and and we got into the weeds, and we introduced you to the team and and the actual underwriter for, on your account, and versus Oz behind the curtain, <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I started to feel better about it. Sure, but it was um, yeah, our executive team was doing you know hourly mental health checks on me at the, <laughs> down to the wire so <laughs> yeah so and, and i've told the story i told it in front of the you know the leadership group and and his team but you know just to be blunt yeah we gave eric a lot of shit that's, oh. that's, it was, that's, that's the basic thing and and made him jump through some some hoops and stuff and thank you eric for sticking it out and, and well being thank the man you guys you are, this, you is, know, for, this is for this has been great so. and i'm excited to be working with you yeah we're, we're, we are as well we are yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah it's a lot of good stuff it's a it's a partnership that i think will last a long time and we'll both grow together as as companies yeah to be able to be partnered up with somebody or another company that has a similar culture and just a meeting we had with uh kendra and kendra and Kristen, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, and Eric, like just getting to know them a little bit and what we learned in that meeting and to feel like somebody's actually going to fight for us instead of kind of like you said, Oz behind the curtain, like insurance. Who really ever feels good about buying any kind of insurance? Yeah, you know, did I get the best deal? Did I really need that? Am I overinsured? Am I under like all those things? Like to have somebody that fights for you, an expert, like that, right. that feels right. good. Yeah, I mean, it. <clears throat> you know, not... <clears throat> I guess that it's part of our culture, right, Jam? But you know, one of the things we're just always striving for what's better. Where, where, how can we advance JFW so it's better for our people, it's better for our customers, it's better for the house? You know, all of that, and the relationship we had with our our former uh, agent. You know, it was just. I don't want to say lifelong, but you know, darn near lifelong. I mean, right? That some that, people, those a generation. Agents, yeah, exactly. Eric. Generation. I mean, those those agents. They came to to mom and dad's fiftieth wedding anniversary. You know, the party that we had, and I mean, they're they're friends, right? And uh, to to pull that change out, Eric, you were able to come in and help. I don't know, possibly expose your own or flood and Pete's 
culture as far as, well, wait a minute, Jim and I looked at each other and said, we're not getting this from our current agent. We're not getting this from our current agent. And, and well, we didn't even know this existed. And, you know, you, you took and we had our blinders on going, no, this is who we use. This is the road we go down. And all of a sudden, you know, Eric shows up and it's like, you know, he's torn one blinder off and we're looking to the left like, <laughs> wow, that's available. What is that? How does that work? You know, and then pretty soon he's like, knock the other blinder off. And you're like, well, shit, there's all these. Wait a minute. We're not doing the right there, thing right? here. You know, for our people, for us, for our customers, you know, just all of these things. So it's it's been invigorating. It really has been, you know, and it's, you know, some of the stuff a lot of people, they don't want to work on in their business, right? right. And they, they're, they don't have time for this or they don't have time for that or they're not engaged or whatever. And it's very important for all of us to be engaged in every aspect of our business. And, you know, that's something that Eric and the Flood and Pete team, you know, are bringing to our attention they're 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 invigorating they're you know exposing new ideas they're 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 creating uh they're forging new paths yeah, path, basically yeah. you know this you know we're we're going to possibly work with them you mentioned kendra and and Kristen, and it, correct me if i'm wrong eric but they're they're more of the health insurance right. so they're employee side. benefits you know sales executives yes um and um so that is their role and and they're really good at it um you know the the total i think it's total control approach meeting we had and you guys had 15 people in the room <laughs> never seen that before but but then the interview process when we're saying what do you guys think of it that's i mean that's different right yeah instead of well send me who's on the health plan and right. send right. me the stats and we'll you know go to right. the only three markets in the universe that <laughs> right. you know, and will quote in air quotes quote the program and that that is we are not professional quoters mm. you know we're we want to be hired for the job yeah so to uh, speak yeah that's awesome i mean i spent three hours yesterday in loveland at their kenda event oh, yeah. you know and that's I, i'm hoping that's something we'll be able to be accepted into and move forward with nice. to benefit every employee here with better health care yeah. you know and i mean it'll just it's just another step that you know previously we never had that option right right we were never exposed to that and you know it was one of those deals the over the 30 years i mean you guys have heard me on this podcast a time or 10 bitch about health care and it <laughs> you it is and you never wind up with the the best base right you know we have people that Never use their health care one time, and we paid you know six thousand dollars for that person's health care, and they never used it one time, which great if they didn't need it, they didn't need it great. They had it in case of emergency. Right. Then we have the people that use it, and it's like, oh my gosh, your deductible is you know twelve hundred dollars or five thousand dollars well you know there's never a win win and right. it, you know hopefully if we can get in this new program and and whatnot, and you know I think there's another meeting on Monday that we'll be having with the steering committee. And Kristen and and uh, uh, Kendra, nice. and I think a, a third lady's coming. I can't remember her name. She was at the Kenda event yesterday, and uh, ah, I feel bad. I I met her and I can't remember her name. Anyway, yeah, I just it's just it's super exciting. They're they're creating wow. new new things. I guess that's uh, what's cool about them. Are we still trying to get some change made for twenty twenty four? 
if we can pull it off, absolutely, Jim. Nice. I mean, there's more to it than uh, just. I get it. <laughs> it. Yeah, it's not just a hey, we're switching carriers for health insurance, right? Just pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, we we like to ready aim shoot around here, not not ready shoot aim, right? And, and you know, Fair do the best. Absolutely, I did enjoy watching uh, your guys's posture change towards Eric and Flood and Pete. <laughs> you know, like I said, I was like, oh, I enjoyed it too. This, guy, <laughs> this guy's back. Wow, this guy's back. This guy's back, and I'd ask you. You know, is there anything there? Oh, another another meeting, another meeting. No, there's no way. There's no way. And then, <laughs> then all of a sudden, it's like, you mean with them again? Yeah, they got some good stuff going. <laughs> like, oh. Well, thank you for the compliment. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's been a fun uh, transformation. <laughs> <laughs> These are some great questions from Brother Dave. You want me to ask him, or you want to go in? A- no, you do a great oh, job, okay. Jam. I was. That was like. 30 seconds, like, on the phone, shoot those in. Well, I appreciate that because it takes me about two hours to write it out. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, why is it important for our drivers to be accident-free, both in the truck and out? Well, it's it's a great question, and and it's probably, I'm not going to tell you something today that you've, probably haven't been preaching for generations, but bottom line is... um, I don't care who you are. We, you, our families want us to return home safe and in one piece at the end of the day. Uh, that's number one. We don't want to be the reason that somebody else didn't return to their family for the day. That's number two. Um, accidents are pretty bad for the morale of a company, mm, right? Sure. So there's a lot of sunk costs in having an accident and outside of the deductible or outside of the insurance premiums. Uh, we don't get to use the truck. The, the driver might be banged up and unavailable. Um, the driver might mentally, you know, be a little little PTSD and gun-shy to get back on the road. And and lastly, it's bad for business. Like, let's if you do the math um, on, say, a deductible or a, a self-insured retention in your case, and you think how many extra accident-free miles do I have to do to pay for this? And if your profit margins in trucking, they're, everyone knows they're pretty thin, right? Um, you, you know, a $25,000 deductible might be, we got to do another 500000 in accident-free revenue. Mm. Think about that. Just wow. to pay for that deductible. Right. Right? Right. So it's bad for business, too. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my take is it's like, bad you know for the people our people and and bad for business the math ain't mathing when you have an accident (laughs) the math ain't mathing i like that (laughs) such a great point though because we we've had this before where we'll have a driver have an accident a costly accident you know could just be backed into a bin you know maybe cost three to five thousand dollars of damage on something and we give them a second chance because we want to help that person and we care and then they end up quitting and it's like, man, you didn't even stick around long enough to make up the money you, you lost in the accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know I mean? And really that revenue that is extra revenue. Right. Above right. and beyond. Above and beyond right. what our right. core business is. It's right. it's you have a ten thousand or twenty thousand dollar deductible. How many new customers do we gotta get and do it accident free right. 
to pay for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, then you got to, it just makes work harder. Yeah, you're giving me anxiety right now. <laughs> yeah. I was just you, joking. You guys, I you used guys to like you, Eric, but man, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and the insurance agent just came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Truth gotta, the truth hurts though. Yeah. You know? I mean, just right nice quick. to finally meet you. <laughs> right quick, Dave, I, I know you have something to say, but I just wanted to throw out there, Eric, one of the things we have an incident report when a driver has an accident, mm-hmm. right? And he fills out, you know, what happened to the cause. And then one of the line items that we added to it is, what do you think the cost is? And, you know, uh, you know, knock on wood, I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, but the majority of our accidents are all either in our, our yard. Mm-hmm. Like backing. and a, Absolutely. A gravel pit or our dump locations, right? That's the majority of where our accidents are. So typically they involve, a, when I say an inanimate object, it's not another human being or another vehicle. It's a concrete wall. It's a it's a parked item. It's a sign. It's, it, yeah, it's yeah. it's a Fence. gate post. Yeah, Fence, whatever yeah. the case may be, you know. And I mean, these trailers we pull, they're they're a seventy five thousand dollar trailer when you buy it, but it's it has the strength of a pop can. You know, we tell everyone Crunch. it's it's yeah it's you can take a full pop can and it's it's very strong. It's very rigid. <laughs> it's 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 you know not pliable whatsoever. But you drink it and empty it and it's. You can just crush it in your hand, right? So you take that trailer and you back it into a concrete wall. And even if you just bumped it, we just did $3,000 damage. We, oh, yeah. we have to cut that fender off. We have to weld a new fender on. We have to straighten that rear panel. Straighten that rear panel. You know, the, the trailer's going to be down for, you know, that, that could be a day-long project uninterrupted. You know, we only have two mechanics during the day mm-hmm. to make those repairs because our night, our night mechanics, they're all busy doing maintenance, right? We, that maintenance can be uninter, it can't be interrupted. We have, when a truck hits a mileage, it needs greased. It needs serviced. It needs brakes identified. It needs these items. They're not there to make repairs, right? They're there to do maintenance. If there's a repair maintenance, that's what it goes with. These other items that's forced on our day crew. Well, then our day crew, because we only have, have three people on our day crew, they're, they're in servicing new trucks or out of servicing, uh, you know, trucks that are being sold or, or doing tons of uh, service calls, right? We have a flat tire or, you know, have a truck break during the day. So, I mean, all of those things, they're kind of dumbfounded. By the time you tie a labor cost to it and a parts cost to it, they're like, oh, we just thought we bent a fender, you right. know? And it's like $3,000. Well, How'd you get to three? Well, that's what it is. So, so there are, so you can, you've just said a, a number of them. It's like, ident- let's identify what are the sunk costs Right. You know, what is the what does it cost to, you know, have a driver that's mentally not doing well cuz he's ashamed of an accident or or uh, you know, hurt or um and then y- your guys aren't doing their job when they're repairing stuff. So right. that's another sunk cost. And then there's it just adds up and it, and it's way more than the quote unquote deductible, right? Right. Oh yeah. Way more. What does a dependable driver look like? That I would say, I would defer to you guys. It's um, <laughs> the um, if I was owned a trucking company, I would first want to know. Besides the obvious, is he a good driver? Is is this guy going to wear the the JFW brand well? Mm. You know, is he going to treat my customers good? Is he going to develop relationships? with my customers, uh, employees. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
well, yeah, of course, is he a good driver? Um, and I'm sure you guys go through a lot of things like, hey, this guy's a really good guy. He needs work on the driving or vice versa. He might have the most technically sound driver in the world and he might be a jerk. Um, so it's kind of probably different for every trucking company, right? Yeah. It's and For me, it would be, is he going to treat my customers good and be safe? Sure. Super Dave does does all the filtering on that. He uh, he has a first contact and makes those decisions. Super, were you going to say something earlier? Yeah, I was. Um, I want to touch on that previous question, and it, it ties into the dependable driver question, Eric. Um, I get so many responses when I look at a motor vehicle record, and they have like a big speeding ticket or an accident, and they say, their first comment out of their mouth is, well, that was not in a truck. That was in my car. <laughs> and your commercial driver, that motor vehicle record represents your like entire record. It represents yep. whether you're safe. It does not matter if you're in a car or you're in your big truck. It's it's a reflection on your driving habits and whether right. you're safe. Right. And, on, and right. I just look right at them and say, you know, it doesn't matter. You, you know, that's on your MVR. You have two big speeding tickets and an accident. I can't hire you. Yeah. You know, you're not eligible for a position here. So everybody out there that's listening, be aware. You have to be just as much on your game in your car as you do in your truck. It's yeah. exactly the same thing. I mean, we just talked about it earlier in the podcast about the guy that went around Jim and I at the end of the street. I think that was actually in a snowstorm too, right? It, it was. Didn't he yeah. pass us going yeah. up the hill it, sideways? Yeah, and <laughs> not that it, 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 it was her. But <laughs> oh, it, that's right. It, it, that doesn't matter. That's not the thing. It yeah, was I didn't even remember that. The so person, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, the person. It was in the snowstorm. And yeah, yeah, there was, yeah, David. I was, totally forgot bad. that. Yeah, and that's bad. what... Jam, you have a quote, and I love to screw up your quotes. But w but what is it about how you do some things is how you do all things. Oh, right? the way the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So yeah. very very personal true. vehicle or truck. That's how you're driving. Yep. I have a note here in preparation for the podcast. Is you know if I was the owner of JFW, I might ask the driver in the interview, "Are you proud of your driving record?" And and mm. if he brings it to my attention, well. You know, three years ago, I had a bit of a lead foot. I'm working on it, and he brings it out, and then you, and then you're like, I can maybe work with that guy. Right. But if he's just like, yeah, I'm proud of it, and you're like, you're proud of this, right. and, <laughs> and so I, I think I would ask that honestly. Yeah, I like it's it. Like, it's funny, Eric. The guys that have a really good driving record, they bring that up on their own. They're yeah, like, they're you know, I'm a commercial driver. I have to take care of my engaged. license. Yep. And then the people that don't, they're like. So what? Yeah. I got that cop was hiding in the bushes. <laughs> it's not my fault I was oh, doing yeah. 70 in a 50. There's, there's always the excuse, right? And, yeah. and in the end, there are no excuses. Uh, yeah, because yeah. years ago I got, I got pulled over with everybody in my pickup. You know, the three girls, Holly, the whole bit. And it was, I, I just remember it so well because everybody was with me and everybody was kind of like, oh, you got out of that ticket. But the, it was speeding on Washington and it wasn't that far over, maybe 10 miles an hour over. And, you know, handed the, the patrolman my license and he went back and he come back up and he goes, you know, he said, I got you 10 over. And he said, uh, I noticed that's a CDL. And he hands me back my license and he said, and you know better, don't you? <laughs> and he just let me go. Yeah. I've been and, you know, that was, that was a whole lesson. That was a lesson for my girls in the car. That was like, <laughs> Holly's like, 
you do have a CDL and you do know better and you know the kid you know kids in the car and all that stuff and it wasn't you know it was the ten over kind of thing you know but right. it was enough to be stopped and I and and you know that was another instant that you you try to be better yeah. from then on forward yeah. but you learned you know for him to hand that back to you and hey I was in my personal vehicle right Super Dave but he hands <laughs> it back to me and goes you know better yeah I've been given a couple breaks in a four-wheeler because of because the CDL, of the CDL. Yeah. and that's something to think about like these cops are giving you a break because you are held to a higher standard good they point jim that professional guy, driver a good point. exactly they, but they're giving you a professional courtesy they, you guys they don't want to affect your livelihood yep. they understand how important your license is to you but we don't treat it like that right right and then to to your guys's point about what you do in your personal vehicle Eric, you can confirm this right here on the podcast. If somebody gets a ticket for 20 miles, on, uh, 20 miles an hour over the speed limit, that is considered a major moving violation, correct? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and some, that, how yeah. many major moving violations can somebody have and work at JFW? Well, funny you should mention that. I did bring a piece of insurance literature. <laughs> 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 and, uh, I have uh, here the Great West Casualty Driver Evaluation Considerations. And some of them, one of them is, has no conviction for a serious or disqualifying traffic violation within the last three years. See the following. Excessive speeding over 15 miles an hour. So one time, 15 over. And and, uh, the people at Great West frown on hiring. Um, Wow. Reckless driving, improper or erratic lane changes. Uh, following too closely, which you guys are really addressing with your technology, hit and run. Mm. Obviously, that Ooh. should be without saying. Yeah. Um, and basically lawlessness, right? Gotcha. So, um, we'll, we'll want to make a copy of that. You bet. <laughs> I got a question that though, Eric, too, on Colorado's like ticket representations. When you get mm-hmm. a ticket, it's ten to nineteen miles an hour over. Right. So you don't really know is did the, was it eighteen or was it 14 over. fair enough and and perhaps uh great west literature is outdated but it's it's speeding it's it's double digit speeding let's call it <laughs> sounds a little you know, bit more thing, stringent than yeah one thing i did rec- recognize from my years of doing this is speeding is a big red flag for you, you guys you know, if a guy, so we do go back three years, but I go back and I look and I see, wow, you know, this guy has had a speeding ticket four out of the last six years, let's say. Mm-hmm. Even though they go back beyond three years, it's a red flag because this sure. guy's a speeder. Well, yeah. he's, he's, I mean, that's the next step of what we're going to talk about, Dave. And I, when Colorado changed it, what's it been three years ago now? We don't just see the last three years. Oh, yeah. You now see, we see your, is it, yep. isn't it lifelong? Um, you have or, to or ask it for years? it's seven years, seven years, but as a, um, you know, a commercial trucking company, I could go back and ask for a lifetime, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. but it used to just be three years is all we saw. Right. Right. Yeah. But, but whatever, something changed. There was a hiccup a couple years ago, yeah, it's three been years a while ago. Now, now, but now yeah. we see back seven years. And I guess my point to that is we've talked about this and talked about this and our, our other agent, you know, made it perfectly clear and we talk about it all the time, but we need defendable people, and what that means is exactly you, you are not a defendable driver if, if say, we're in an accident and we go to court, God forbid, and you know the uh, the uh, the opposing attorney right brings up your driving record and it shows the last seven years, even though we're only required to look at the last three. 
But in the last seven years, you know, let's say in the last three, you had a speeding ticket. But in the prior four years of that, you had another speeding ticket and another speeding ticket mm-hmm. and another speeding ticket. Guess what? You are undefendable. Yes. The odds are stacked against you. They're going to paint a picture to the jury that you are not a safe person. And, and honestly, we believe in that. If, if you have that in your history, man, I, I strongly urge you, you need to clean that up because you are not a defendable driver anymore. You've lost that, that, that piece. And it's trucking companies are going to look closer and closer and closer. I mean, as, as we move forward in this world, I mean, there's just these, uh, uh, what are the cases called, Eric? Where they're nuclear, verdict. nuclear, thank you, mm-hmm. nuclear verdicts. And they, they just put companies out of business. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And what you may really think isn't really a big deal or a bad accident, I mean, it can cost millions. I mean, if they can prove negligence, you know, on any part of our driver, and that's where we really, you know, some people may take this personally, but we only want the best people here that are defendable. Right. that do care about their driving record. You know, Dave, you know, obviously, like you said, the people that come in and have a perfect driving record, and I've heard you say it to them right there in the front before you even take them back for the interview, and they, you get that exact response is they're like, I work hard for that. Mm-hmm. I have to be, you know, I've never heard any of them say they know they need to be defendable. Mm-hmm. Right. No, right? <laughs> but that's something, if we don't expose that, you know, and educate our people, they will never know that. Yeah. How yeah. do you suppose a trial attorney feels when he sees after he's evaluated the accident and he sees that the driver has five speeding tickets and he's like slam dunk we win right and i'm probably going to get a little extra money and it was this. a rear ender case of not being able to stop on the interstate yeah, or something exactly. eric yeah. yeah bad news bad yes. news for jfw and bad news for you so yeah. so Go ahead, Jim. I'll wait. Yeah, so, sorry. I was just the you know you guys both touched on it. You've both given great examples, but we've had that happen, and I thought that's where you were going, Dave. We had Ed and Ed. I think Ed listens to the to the podcast years ago. Hi, Ed. And uh, he he <laughs> he retired from our company, but he had an accident. It was a rear end accident. His fault, you know, all that kind of stuff. Let's let's get it done. He screwed up all that bit, but we went to. Uh, litigation you know not to a jury trial we didn't make it that far and it's not litigation what's the mediation mediation thank you eric and that was the first thing they did was go all the way through ed's driving record and he rolled a truck back in his 20s it was like 30 years ago yeah Yeah. before we even hired the man and they're like were you aware of that and we were aware of it because ed told us but it wasn't on the driving record mm-hmm. anymore. It was just something. And and the, and they looked at uh, Dave. I don't remember if you were there, but anyway, they looked at me and they said, "And you hired that guy? <laughs> Why you were aware of that?" Oh, geez, that's just. I mean, that's the tactics they use, right? right? And that's too. Uh, if you've ever heard of the reptile theory, no, it's it's what the attorneys do to build fear into the jury that their families are, could be unsafe possibly mm. because of XYZ Trucking Company. So then that's when they throw out the, you hired that guy? It, oh, that's exactly and, what and, I thought, Eric. Yeah. Yep. And, and, yeah. In and, front of a jury. Ooh, and right. We, we yeah. were just at that point, wait till he steps and puts me in front of a jury. Because I have to say yes, yep. we hired him. <laughs> hired who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, keep in mind, so... Getting, you know, we were talking about getting tickets in your personal vehicle. Recently, we had a driver. He got a ticket 20 miles an hour over 
on his motorcycle, right? I mean, I had to really, like, take time and explain to this driver, like, you got to go fight that, bud. Like, you got to get that knocked down or you're not going to be able to work here at JFW. It's that serious. You can't you can't have a 20-mile-an-hour over ticket. Flood and Peterson or Great West, they're going to want to cancel you off our right. policy. And guess what? We're not going to insure you. And then the other thing to consider is we have a $25,000 deductible per accident, right? Who do we want to drive our trucks, you know, with the $25,000 blank check? Well, a blank check up to $25,000, <laughs> yeah, I right? should say. Yeah. Like, here's a check. If you have an accident, just just write the, write the other person right. a check, right? So right. we really need to think about that. Absolutely. <clears throat> Eric, what do drivers that continually job hop look like to an insurance company? Well, to an insurance company, there's some blinders on. If the driver is qualified, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. We do live in America, right? There, uh, uh, someone is free to uh, <laughs> test their wares sure. elsewhere if, if they are a performer. Um, I would just say that um, that's stuff that you guys got to sift out is if he's been to seven different jobs in the last, 10 years then yeah. that he's probably not a jfw guy right we see seven different jobs in a year okay <laughs> not one year but three <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah uh, you know what the insurance company really likes to see is low turnover for jfw ah. so they're not going to the micro level of the individual driver mm. unless he's unqualified sure but they love seeing um continuity and and they love seeing the drivers that have been with you two years or more because they're and because they think they're being trained they're being they're getting better sure and um but and in the hopes, true in the that hopes very that, true yeah in the hopes that a guy that's been here two years has already maybe had his little back and accident or he's learned he's been through the training he knows how we do things Versus a brand new guy who's never driven on dump before. Yeah, there you like, go. We also know too. I mean, that's the reason we strive for the retention too. Eric is we know someone who's been here over a year. He's learned our culture. He's hopefully he or she is high in safety, mm-hmm. right? And they we know we've been able to educate that person on all of our issues in that time, and they're just better, right? We we're much better keeping a person for a second year, third year for the rest of their driving career than you know. Stepping out on a limb and having Dave go through the the background check and and this that and the other and going well according to everything we found this is going to be a good guy, right? When we know what we have, we've already got that experience, we've got that tenure, you know, we've just got that person that is that is educated in that. So, yeah, I just love them too because they know the materials, they know the customers or the loader operators, they know. All of these little things that we tend to take for granted, where a, a one-year guy or maybe like a six-month guy, they have no clue about all that, all and those they, finer yeah. details. And they don't intend on staying, and they're never going to learn it then. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because you know we've had people come here from other industries that have never been in anything remotely close to what we do. And you think, oh, you haul sand or rock. How difficult can that be? Oh, boy. 
There's yeah. there's a lot yeah. to just our load of sand or just our load of rock. You or, yeah. you You're know, safer driving 600 miles with that one <laughs> right? drive van or a reefer than right. You know, making 10 yeah. backing moves a day into mm-hmm. a band that barely fits a trailer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. and dumping it, and you know, cleaning yeah. out, and having yeah. to get in and out of the trailer, and yes. you know, not contaminating a load, and dumping in the correct bin, and oh it's my gosh, it's dangerous. yeah, it's mind boggling. There's, there's yeah. a lot of tricks to the trade that you guys seem to need to learn <laughs> absolutely yes eric this is an honor you had mentioned you know that we're fighting uh following too close like that's one of our our deals what about distracted driving what are you seeing in the industry and what are you seeing other companies do to combat God, uh, mobile question. phone usage yeah, and distracted phone, driving yeah. yeah i can't believe we, good good job jam good yeah, good question i can't believe we didn't have that on there together we can this was yeah. a secret we actually knew but <laughs> you know, what we're seeing is in the last, and you guys know this, in the last probably 10 years, now there's hefty fines associated with distracted mm-hmm. driving and cell phone use. And But I think it really, again, comes down to the individual company's policy, which is if you, you know, it's not a policy unless it's in writing, right? And mm-hmm. and and if the policy is no cell phone use, that is what that means. Mm. And there's a reason for that. And I've caught myself many times driving on I-25 and the uh, urge to open a, an important email hits you. And, and, and man, I've made some hard breaks because of that. Mm. And um, so it happens to all of us, but I'm not driving a 48-foot missile either. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, you're fine. Uh, um you're just saying great stuff, Eric. Yeah. We don't want people to yeah. miss it. Yeah. And just yeah. that little fade when you turn is all. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not to interrupt your thought. Yeah. Um, and not that I have any excuse for my actions when I look at my cell phone, but it's a it's a game changer in trucking, right? Because mm-hmm. um, it should be a policy. that. Well, there's I mean, the nuclear verdict. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, sure. I mean, it's, oh. it's not even a question. Yeah. It's not even a question. It's a nuclear verdict. Yep. <clears throat> and how how would you i mean we haven't i mean the question just came to my mind so say we have a driver here and and they you know it's a catastrophic accident and we have the coverage that they were on their phone does that driver ever find another job i think it would be difficult um for years to for uh, that driver to be a professional truck driver so so we're actually we're driving home the point that if you're using your cell phone while you're driving and, and distracted driving, you could possibly lose not only your job but your career mm-hmm. because that 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 thing on your phone you feel is more important at the time than paying attention to how you're driving. Well, we talked about it right before the meeting um, when we were in your office, Dave, and then that is um, the uh, gosh, I lost my train of thought. I apologize, but the uh, the nuclear verdicts are a lot more prevalent today than they, I mean, there's stats out there that they're up, you know, 150% over the last few years. Crazy. And, you know, the million dollar verdicts are getting tossed out like candy. And, you know, shoot, we just had a first billion dollar verdict in Florida. 
and they will punish a jury will punish a company for this kind of stuff yeah imagine not a billion dollar verdict i mean that's you're done you're toast yeah Yeah. can't pay that i mean we would never afford insurance again we would have to close our doors yeah it's 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 terrifying it really is yeah yep and that's just one person making that bad decision that not only blows up your entire life but just blew up 140 other people's absolutely jam they need to understand that and it just it blows my mind when they're not you know i've been to the point i've asked a few drivers hey this is clearly a problem for you with your phone use put it in your cooler put it in your lunchbox put it under your seat whatever you have to do when you're stopped use it you're stopped every hour yeah or every 40 minutes or yeah just six trips a day yeah stop and use it when you're stopped on either end you don't need to be using it when you're moving you just don't and you know if a few people i you know and i even made the comment to that person because i I think at some point right we're like you know you just need to have your phone on the dash so it's you at least have your peripheral right and it and it's almost you know and this is hindsight but we're almost educating them how to use their phone while driving (laughs) when in actuality we should be like you shouldn't even have that phone on your on your dash it should be put away it shouldn't even be in your view you shouldn't even know you got a text Mm -hmm. you know what i mean or you got an email that you need to deal with it should be it should be put away when you stop when you dump when you load check it yeah. You're, you're stopped. And that doesn't mean check it and drive through the pit at five miles an hour, because guess what? You're still moving. Right. Doesn't mean stop and check it at the dump site and drive through the plant, because yeah. you're still moving, right? I mean, we fired a guy that drove over a big old sand pile right in front of him, right? Got stuck, backed up, never did finish the phone usage. He did it all oh, while yeah. on the phone. <laughs> yep. And he, laughed about it. Yeah. And then lied about it. Yeah. Cameras don't lie, though. Right. The cameras don't <laughs> lie. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's Memorex, man. It's there. Yeah, and I think in a few situations, because it is so nice to have the GPS and the mapping, you know, on the phone instead of like, you know. I couldn't live without it now. (laughs) Right, right, Eric? And, you know, back in the day when we were making deliveries, and I know Super Dave and Dave, and I know back in the day, you'd have to thumb through the map book and memorize your turns and and do all that kind of stuff. But what I was getting at is. The Mapsco? Yeah, yeah Mapco, yeah. Yeah, Mapsco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, love the new GPS thing. But what I found is if I can't, don't have the volume right or it's not, you know, through the, the car or whatever, I like the voice prompts. Oh, you know, totally, that they, yeah. they, they spit out <laughs> instead of right trying up. to look at the phone and look at the map and go, oh, it's yeah. going to make a left or a right when, it, you know, they're saying make your left or your right. So it's just how you use that technology. Uh, and where we're honestly, though, how many times are we going to a new location? Well, I mean, that, I mean, we are. Don't get me wrong. It's not like it doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, or if you're a new driver here, but the bulk of what we do it's all it's all the same place and they, i was know, they're not moving yeah i was going to go there dave because i wanted to touch on that's the reason we train you because right. the trainer's goal is to get you to every one of our locations and i didn't go there because we do, do like a salt delivery maybe you haven't been to that place yeah. all year long right you know so it's it's not a no but you're right dave once you we've we've taken you 90 percent to most of the locations you'll yes. ever be right. pay attention yeah you know man you just triggered some memories jam triggered jam's triggered triggered, watch out yeah Yeah, feeling a little bit of a darren coming over uda 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 bacon (laughs) um bacon's his safe word just so you know actually bacon is our safe word for jam (laughs) 
Like, damn it. Glad I know now. (laughs) Bacon. If we get out there pheasant hunting and I start acting up, just (laughs) tell me bacon. Bacon. But anyway, yeah, you just triggered some memories of like the Mapscos. I remember having a Mapsco for the metro area, Colorado Springs. I'd have all my books, right? But it's kind of sad because now even me, no matter where I go, I got to plug it in. Right. I want to, I want to, yeah, where before... I mean, I remember getting rid of the, not getting rid of the maps goes, but I just printed the 100 blocks because there'd be a page of all the Denver 100 blocks. Mm-hmm. Like, right. you know, Alameda's 300 South. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Ellsworth is zero. Broad, right. I was gonna Louisiana's yeah. 1100. I yeah. Still, you know, yeah. I still have a few yeah. of them and I would just get the 100 blocks and if you said, all right, you're going to 300 South Broadway, I'd be like, oh, that's Alameda and Broadway and I'd go. Who, mm-hmm. who knows that now, Jim? The young people. No. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah, they'd be like, what? 100 yeah. blocks? What is that? You right. know what I mean? And then you'd have to figure out how to get to 300 South Alameda, Broadway, right? And then maybe you went the wrong way a little bit, and the next time you'd be like, oh, I remember I could have went this way. I knew my way around this city like the back of my hand. Yeah. And right. I don't anymore. Right. You tell me somewhere to go, I'm just like. Put it oh. in the phone. <laughs> yep. yep. Oh, look, it's over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did I get here? You know, or God forbid you get somewhere and then you like lost your phone and your phone dies, you'll never get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I can share a kind of a funny story. It was just Please do. The, um, what is today? When, Monday morning, there was an elderly couple that drove into Flood and Pete's parking lot and it wasn't for to come in or anything <laughs> and uh they said can you help me find this address on you know and i'm from Greeley, and it was literally a nine iron from our office and i was like i don't know where that is <laughs> but, but, but follow me and i will i'll get you there and it was such a, a hearing clinic of some kind and it was literally a block away from oh, flood and peterson yeah. <laughs> and my maps took me the wrong way <laughs> <laughs> so this elderly couple's following me probably wondering what the hell is going on and but finally it oriented and i got him there but i had to have that cell phone looking right. at it you know right yeah yeah yeah. yeah, when you talk about MapsCo, I loved when you get to like the metro area and you needed that one more page and it was in the next book. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it was like right on the, yeah. like, oh, man. Oh, it's the very first page, right? Yeah, I learned, yeah. The, I learned the hard way, you know, between the west and the east blocks, right? I was supposed to be at like, you know, 12,000. It didn't say east, but let's just say 12,000 Colfax, mm-hmm. right? That's going to be way mm-hmm. east, right? Well, I was supposed to be 12,000 West Colfax. <laughs> you know what I mean? And even driving there, I'm like, why am I going way off route for this delivery? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's way off route. <laughs> and then I wonder too, Jam, if you're looking at that, because I, I know you know this, but that the you know odds are on one side of the street, oh, yeah. evens are on the other. Yeah. That helped yeah. with the address. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, that depends whether you're going north or south, yeah. right? Evens, you know? are, evens are north and east, and odds are west and south. Yep. I still remember that. Yep. Absolutely. Right? Yep, yep. Used to be able to get around this this town. Eric, why do you think it's important we keeps our we keep our trucks clean inside and out? Well, here's why I think it is, it, and it's a, a kind of a moniker or a beacon on the road, and there's a lot, and it's kind of almost like free advertising too. And there's if a driver sees your your equipment, he might think I got to take care of x y and z before i make a application at jfw because Mm -hmm. they keep their trucks clean and looking good and and if i'm a driver that struggles with that 
I know if I want to end up at JFW, I better start doing the same thing. So that's kind of my take. And besides yep. the fact it's, you know, it's just nice to see the, if it makes the public feel safer seeing nice rigs on the road. Yep. I right. agree with that. That's how I ended up here, seeing a bright, big, bright, big, bright, shiny red truck. I'm like, I want to drive one of those. Yeah, I mean, but did you have a moment where you thought, oh, I got to get my shit together before I apply? No, I just applied. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got here, and then I had to get my shit there together. There you go. <laughs> better late than never. It was just like, oh, wow, these guys aren't playing around. This place is a real deal. You know, you know to your point, though, Eric, we have – Dave has a lot of people that he actually has had come apply and he looks at him and he's like, Hey, listen, you don't have the experience or you haven't had your CDL long enough or, you know, one of those two scenarios or whatnot, or your driving record isn't that good or whatever, you know, come see me in a year, come see me in two years or whatever. I mean, that happens frequently here. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Dave will come to us. He's like, Hey, I just... You know, I, I couldn't hire this guy. He was a great driver, but he, you know, and I'm making this up. Like he was only, his mom. Yeah. <laughs> he was only 22 and, you know, just got a CDL, but he was a great driver. And, you know, we just, I told him he needed more experience, you know, a year and a half later, that guy shows back up Yeah, and his record is clean. Yeah. And I mean, his goal was to get a job here. And I mean, that, that to me, that's the ultimate compliment, Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and those are the people you're looking for. You know, those are the people that. They didn't work at seven companies last year. You know, they they want our 401k. They want to be part of that because they're looking down the road at at their retirement. They're they're engaged in more than just how much am I going to make Friday. Right. And and the people that how much am I going to make Friday? They're they they don't work here well. Right. You know, they're they're not a good know. part of our culture. So do you have a mechanism? Because um, it sounds like you might create a pipeline you know like of future drivers do you have a mechanism like i'm gonna call jim that i turned down a year ago and see how he's coming and or is that driver dead to you <laughs> no <laughs> no i mean he's dead um, to me. <laughs> i have a much more um better plan for less um for newer drivers, I guess. Somebody I talked to two weeks ago, I'll follow up with them, okay. you know. As far as the year or so, I, I don't really pay much attention to that. But I do, when I when I get an application, I'm very aware that they've applied before. And oh, I'll go, go back and do my homework. Say, oh, yeah, this guy applied before. And I have, you know, their motor vehicle record and things like that. So I do my homework on them for sure. But not until they reapply. Gotcha. And then it, it sends off. And I, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I'll be talking to somebody, and, and I can't remember a name that I thought of 10 minutes ago. But when I see a name, I, I can really peg that that's familiar. That dude's applied before. And then I'll go back, and sure enough. And he has excellent notes. I mean, he whips open his book. He's like, yep, this guy applied 14 months ago. Do you remember him? Or mm-hmm. I'm like, you interviewed him, Dave. I didn't interview him. So the name yeah. thing is funny because, I mean, between all our trucking accounts and clients and just commercial insurance clients, construction, non whatever, and we see literally tens of thousands of names go by, you know, our okay. desks. And uh, when when I recognize a name, <laughs> oh, like then I know it's like pr- I probably shouldn't 
you know, give that guy a chance. Like if I reckon, <laughs> like right, yeah. So th- huh. it's a you, know, you just see thousands, and then you're like, oh, I've seen this one. I know this one, right? And the go get more experience thing has actually backfired on us one time. You'll remember this story, Super I, Dave. But I think I remember the guy. <clears throat> Super Dave told the guy, "You needed two years experience." So the guy went, got two years experience, came back here. Nice kid. Everything was going well. You know, he was getting along. He was doing the thing. Safe driver. No incidents. And then uh, he quit. He quit because we hired somebody with no experience. Wow. He's like, you guys made me go get two years experience. And then I'm talking to this guy. He just got a CDL two months ago. You know, and I try to explain to him, you know, with our last agent or carrier, we had a 10% deviation we were allowed mm-hmm. to work with. Is it the same? It is. Okay, um, great. So He called it a risk differential. Oh, risk differential, not deviation. Differential, it's, it's, there you go. It's a rule of thumb. Uh, um, if, if we have 10% of our driver pool that, you know, maybe miss something by six months, you know, a birthday or maybe an accident is falling off his record mm-hmm. um, and we we want to hire him still we don't want to let him go and and we have a plan a, an action plan like okay i'm going to hire you but we're going to work on these things in training mm-hmm. and we're going to pay particular attention to the things you're deficient at in in our hiring standards and we're going to train you up on that we're going to give you extra training on that right and and sign here because if you get a so much as a parking ticket i gotta fire you but i'm giving you a chance and yeah um, so trying to explain this risk differential to the driver like hey we're allowed 10 percent that you know out of 100 guys if 10 don't meet the requirements and we feel they're a good hire we're allowed to hire that person he didn't didn't want to hear it he was just like i had to go and get the experience you are allowed to hire anyone you want technically um when that gets above that pool gets above 10 percent, then you you risk getting debited on a renewal or uh, uh, possibly a an hasta la vista letter gotcha you know we don't want that nope <laughs> That's funny. yeah and i think not that it pertains to that circumstance jam but i also think that you know and and because Dave, Super Dave, takes everything into consideration. But, you know, I've had somebody come in with not much experience, and, and Dave will say the same thing, and they're just kind of a natural driver, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you don't have any experience, but you but you recognize... Sergio Portillo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, or you know, let's say somebody that's grown up on the farm. You know, they've been in a lot of different military. equipment. Yeah, military. You know, they, they've got that, but they have no experience. We still make a judgment call on that sure. because you, you might come in here and have no experience, but you just can't drive. There's not that core, and again, that's going to be a problem for you know possibly our safety down the down the line. Is it? I, we we don't know, but we can't we can't take that chance until you you gain some experience someplace else. You know, that's it's so just tough to Jim too, and you know this because we all work so closely together. You get that twenty year veteran that's just an idiot. Yeah. You know, yeah. he makes bad decisions. He doesn't do UDA at all. Yeah. And then you get this young kid who doesn't qualify. He's, you know, 24 years old. He's, you know, maybe only been driving for one year. But from your interaction and your interview and, you know, the questions and answers and all of those things, you understand that 
he gets it. He's a better mm-hmm. hire. We and we use that term a lot. That 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 person just gets it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you got to go. You know. You, you know, like a it. you're all sports fans. I take it, and it's it's kind of like uh, the Bill Belichick way of of drafting uh, talent is like, no, you do not fit the mold. You're you are. Um, you're not my guy, even though you can run a 4.240 yard dash and bench a thousand pounds or whatever. Is like I want a guy that does this, and I can train and and I can bring out his talent and and uh, so that's why you see a lot of these you know professional sports teams get rid of some people that are superstars because they don't fit. Right, right. not a good culture fit for sure. Absolutely. Eric, do you think it makes a difference when we drive home the facts to clean up for gates, cover our loads, keep the same length mud flaps on both sides of the trailer, and our overall appearance? Yeah, back to the you know at billboard. It's mm-hmm. you know when people see the 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 pretty trucks and and they they perceive that you are a great company and and that you take care of business and you know what do you guys feel when you see a truck that is a bucket of bolts and uh, you, you don't you're not like he's not going to be a subcontractor here right <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes i feel bad for the drivers like wow this guy's actually driving that truck right you know like he has no idea what uh 2021 camera t80 80 would feel like you know right I mean? right so, yeah i mean that might be a Maybe you should hammer dial the guys driving the the junkers and seeing if there's a, some diamonds in the rough. Do you want to drive that truck? Are you a good driver? Come mm-hmm. right. over here. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Any other questions for Eric, guys? I mean, we could come back to him at any time. You know this. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Thank you, Eric. A Thanks great, for having me. Job. This is yeah. super fun. Yeah. We're not done with you yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do have some questions from the audience. The Uh-oh. first one. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Holding your feet to the fire, guys. It's from Fred Powell. He wants to know your political stance on. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, from Fred Powell, question from the audience: Are there any plans to phase out the older Boca trailers? And if not, is it possible to go through them and replace all the aerators and the valves this winter? The white ones are 2017s. And advantages are 2013s. Well, great question, Fred. Uh, number one, if we have aerators that aren't working, they need written up, and absolutely we'll replace them. They're cheap, and they should function. If we own a piece of JFW equipment that something's not working on, it needs written up, it needs brought to the shop's attention, yep. and we'll repair it. I mean, that's just that. It doesn't matter the age of it. Sure. And also, the age of that, I, I guess keep in mind, the bulk trailers are a bit of a different scenario. Mm. Because they might be a little older, but there's very little use on them. Right. I mean, when you haul two loads a day, there's no wear and tear on that trailer. Right. You, you know what I mean? They're they're a bit of a different animal. The two white trailers, I actually thought they were 15s, but they could be 17s. They I, probably are. Oh, the, the tear soles, they got to be older be. than that. Because I used to pull one in 2014. Yeah. 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 So they're, they're <laughs> yeah, they could be 13s even, yeah. Jim. Yeah. And that was just to get us started in it. Uh, again, if there's something not working on them, 
It needs repaired. It needs fixed. Right. Why, why would we want something that doesn't work? What benefits us? Working equipment or non-working equipment? Right. JFW wants working equipment. I mean, that, it, it doesn't even seem like a, a real answer or a real question, right? It's broke. It needs right. to be fixed, right? But, now, as far as the white trailers look, they're still trailers. They look rough. Yeah. Those are probably our two worst-looking pieces of equipment in the whole fleet. <laughs> right. But, I mean, the aluminums, they just need cleaned up and, and, yep. and you know, put back in condition i mean we're always updating equipment yeah so i know we have a trailer in the yard me and jim were talking about it this morning gave rob a call hey we got a bulker in the yard it's just in here what's going on with it well we refuse to take that one out anymore it takes two and a half hours to unload because the aerators need to be replaced so they brought it over here i'm yeah. sure it's been written up and it'll be taken yeah. care of yeah they're in a bit of a unique situation too because they're left everywhere right Nobody's bringing them back to the yard every night. So right. we don't have the opportunity to go, oh, we, if we don't get it tonight, we'll get it tomorrow night. It may right. not be here tomorrow night because they're using it. So that's we need to create a little better program amongst the bulkers to get these trailers sure. repaired if there's an issue with them for sure. And as everyone uh, pulls those trailers, and I'm not flipping this back on you guys. I'm just asking, everyone that touches that trailer, are they doing a pre-trip or a post-trip right. and walking around while they're blowing right. it off? I was just going to ask. Right. That's part of the 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 job right is if something's broke i have to bring that to right. management's attention it's absolutely <laughs> yeah. absolutely it just reminds me of a story of vasa the, the gym i go to you know one of the urinals is leaking and i'm like surely they know about it well it was leaking for like two months <laughs> and so finally i'm like does anybody even know there's a problem here you know what I mean? And I brought it to yeah. the next day. It was fixed. Oh, so like, funny, Jim. Are you kidding me? Like, me? So funny. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you just got to be tired of standing in urine. I mean, I, I have to say anyone that has spent any time with me, if I walked up to a piece of equipment and it's not working, I am pissed. Right? <laughs> really? Because whose fault is that, Jim? Is that my fault? Is it my fault or Jim's fault that piece of equipment's not working? I can't place blame. All I could know is that you're pissed. It needs to work. Right. If we own it, it should work, right. period. End of story. We own it, it should work. Right. If it's not, it needs written up, let's get the shop to fix it, and right. boom, it's fixed. Right. We're not clairvoyant, right? <laughs> we, we need to know, I mean, we need to communicate yeah. with each other. And yeah. The difference, Eric, between the bulkers, you know, the pneumatic tankers, mm -hmm. and our end dump drivers, the end ups pretty much stay with the same driver all the time. Okay. They get to know their equipment. They're pre and post tripping that equipment. You know, every Daily. single day. Well, they should be. You know, the bulkers, they're, they're dropping and hooking quite a bit. And, you know, maybe two or three people hold the same trailer in one day. <clears throat> and I'm not saying they're not doing it because theoretically, if three people drove it, there should have been three sets of eyes on that same right. piece of equipment. Right. Right. But it's almost more evident that there's a problem. Yeah, like you said, though, they end up just kind of not staying with the people and coming back here and we don't get a good look at them. Yeah, I want to throw out there, and I'm sure, you know, might upset some of the bulker guys, but I know through the, the, the last few years here that it's an easy thing to go, hey, the aerators aren't working, this isn't working, this isn't working, and you climb in the trailer, and there's nothing wrong with them, but you go back down to the plant, and there's a hole in the hose, uh, it's been driven over, right. product's not going through it, you know, there might be something wrong with the plant, you know there is some stuff. So when you're when you're doing this, let's get the whole information because I I know that the one time those hoses we'd driven over them, they were almost flat. <laughs> right. You know, and and I know the safety guys 
they really jump on that now. We can we can repair those hoses here. John has uh, little John at night. He can put a new clamp on it. We have a special machine that yeah, does it. Yeah, we bought a banding machine to band them and everything. Yeah, and we, we fix all that. We can do all that. But, again, it's about communication like you're saying, Eric, and, and if we don't know about it. So don't. Don't take the easy road that the you know there's something wrong with the trailer. Let's let's make sure we have all our ducks in a row. Let's make sure we we did our OODA loop right, and, Ooda. and we we found out what it was. I mean, we just had several weeks ago, and I don't know if anybody had the conversation because I I think it was with Gilly. You know, we towed a truck in, and we thought it was a rear end, and it was a an airbag leveler. <laughs> and it it was a serious situation, and we've kind of, in fact, I think we've kind of brushed it under the carpet that it was just a, a screw up all the way around. But man, it was it was a lot of money, mm-hmm. and and it, it's the it's just jumping to that conclusion that that's what it is. We're done, right? You know, and 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 I know you know you know me and Dave and you know Dave especially you know it's let's find out what the problem is and let's fix it, right? You know, he he just stated that, and yep. and so let's not. Let's just just not say. I mean, we just firing the guy yesterday. I'm gonna call it a firing. You know it, what he got upset about was so simple to fix. So and and work around, but the anger that was. I mean, can we can we talk about it? I mean, I don't know what the. I mean, we could talk about because I want to talk about. It. We won't we won't <laughs> mention names, but one thing that I found very interesting. So. The driver ended up, he, he's from yard 23, he ended up coming over here before he went back to his yard last night to talk to me. And, uh, you know, I let him know the bad news, which I thought was going to be delivered by somebody else. But, <laughs> 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 you know, he was there. But anyway, he was like, man, he's like, I did everything I could to try to get that radio to work. And I've been dealing with it for two weeks. He's like, I cleaned it. I watched YouTube videos. I did this, I did that. And I was like, you know what you didn't do? You didn't ask for help. I was like, we could have gave you a new radio and had it installed in 15 minutes. Right. You know, you did this all on your own. I did this. I mean, kudos for trying to figure it out on your own, but you couldn't. You should have told somebody and we could have a fix for you. So, yeah, easily, easily fixed in the, in, uh, I mean, I guess what the rest of the story is the driver got so frustrated that uh, he threw the hard hat, his hard hat, inside the cab and shattered the front windshield. Oh man! And I mean, I don't know, I don't know any one of you guys that would, you know, as far as me and Dave taking it personally, that you would let us in one of your vehicles and throw something, you know, and break your windshield inside the cab. Right. And you know, I'd love to love to help the guy, you know, possibly with some anger issues or something like that, or whatever's going on in his life. But that's that's a step that, it, in that simple situation, because your CB didn't work. What if something else went on? It's the right. it's the big picture that we're looking at of where your anger goes to. Yeah, just and, the slamming of the door. The I mean, all those things just irk me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just to yeah, and 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 you just don't know. And I think it was a, I mean, it's a it's a hard dis- decision. I mean, it's it is never easy to make the right. And there was other supporting facts for a decision, like when we when we were when we ran it through the OODA loop, right? And we observed and we ran oriented. Through the OODA loop. <laughs> we observed. We orientated. Like, okay, this is what happened. What does that mean to us? Now we got to make a decision. And then we start looking through the past incidents of other things that happened with this driver. It was just a lot of red flags. 
Right. Is this who we want driving around in one of our trucks when we have a $25,000 deductible and, you know, properties being destroyed willfully? Willfully. Yeah. Yeah, willfully. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So. so, but I totally wish the driver the best. Yeah, nice guy. Best of luck. Nice I mean, guy. I, wish, I liked him on a personal level. Yeah. I so. hope he takes this as a learning opportunity and really, really strives to be better. Absolutely. Next question from Rob. And, and learns to communicate. Yes. Because the communication is what was key there. Right. You know, that kind of goes back to the, the bulkers with, with the aerators. Mm-hmm. they got to communicate. You know what I mean? If the aerators aren't working, that's they sit there for an hour to unload, send an right. email to the shop, coordinate it with the shop, and, and let's try and get them up here and get them repaired. I mean, and, I, it, and there's more to it than that because they've been preloaded. and You know what I mean? Right. But it, that's where the Busy. extra coordination comes in, right? Right. I don't think we went from unloading in 45 or 50 minutes to two and a half hours overnight. Right. And how to start getting slower. Right. Slower Absolutely. Slower. <clears throat> Robert Shaw asked, good morning, Jam. Not sure if this question will make it on the podcast today. Well, it did. Or not. But how much material is needed for a 1,000-yard night pour? Super Dave, I know you got these numbers. 1,000 yards will take 1,500 tons of aggregate. 1,500 tons. How many, how many truck loads is how that? How many loads is that, right? So 1,500 divided by 25, 60 loads. There you go. For a night pour. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the percentages are off a little bit. It's a little more rock than sand. Yeah, 60% rock, 40% sand is what there used to be. An average was 50 50. Yeah, yeah. But, it's, but it's because of the pores. But no matter what, skewed a little it now. is 60 loads of something and it is 1,500 tons of aggregate. Overnight. Yeah, overnight. Oof, yep. gone. Yep. Right. How long did it take us to get 60 loads in there to come back in the morning and it's gone? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I have yeah. a question about your, your business. Um, do your drivers monitor your customers' inventory levels like and give them a heads up that? The, the bulker side is definitely in contact and, and watching highlights and low lights and, and you know, in, in contact with the, the plant operators and stuff. Um, we have cameras at a lot of the plants um, so we can watch and see the material stuff. But absolutely, to answer your question is, we would hope they would pass that on. You know, that, hey, you're low here. Or, you know, they might go to a, you know, besides one of the plants, go someplace. So, yeah, absolutely, Eric. They they. We're after that communication, what's going on there. You know, and, and I'd tell everybody listening to it right now, please don't assume if someplace is low and you're a, you're a new driver, please don't assume we know about it. Right. Say something. Right. You communication. Know, we, communication. Yeah. Yeah, communication. Yeah, Eric, that question is a, a great yeah. question as far as passing that on. That We want to know. Maybe we missed it. You know, maybe the camera's down. You know, I, yep. I don't know how many times we were struggling with the camera at, at Plant 2 yep. at Franklin. And Linda go, hey, can you give me a heads up? Or yep. it's dark outside. I can't see the piles or and 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 ready mixed or this brandon's ready mix site they do a lot of night pours eric so we have the place stuffed we show up the next morning and they and they are out or let's say we've we've planned for them to be out and we've got 40 loads loaded you know up at fries and the night pour canceled and nobody's communicated that yet because that was like an hour ago you know that was at three o'clock in the morning and yeah we're you know nobody's calling and you know we got we got another 500 tons headed there and they just don't need it you know and, and that, then they turn do they turn you away or let you deliver it we are just a little bit of it gets delivered you know but we are so fortunate that that brandon will let us go to a lot of different locations okay you know and and we're big enough that we have a different you know we have 
all of the the concrete sides locations mm-hmm. um so yeah to and, and kudos for brandon they they work with us really well when situations happen like that okay you know it might not even be their product but if we make a phone call you know they can usually accommodate i'm going to say 100 tons yeah i mean know? it was the opposite this morning eric they they used so much material on this one pour last night. We actually, as trucks were coming down, heading to other plants, we were calling them on the radio and diverting them and sending them from where they were headed to a new location just to go, hey, they, we need to shoot 30 extra loads in here this morning right quick and get them caught back up so they can be full for the day or you know yeah. maintain product yeah. for the day. So, I mean, that's one of the benefits that we've had being the size we are, and it, it has actually helped brannon and and taking on more and more of their locations you know that it's become a win-win for those exact scenarios if they'd have had one company at just this plant and that happened who who do they call how do they get more material in right you know then they're involved when internally we're just like a snap of our fingers hey well, we, i think that's great we'll, customer we'll service and, yeah we'll yeah. we'll call and switch that ticket you know and linda's actually taking the ticket number on the radio, you know, the driver's like, hey, I was headed to plant 12. Now I'm going to two. Here's the ticket number. On the next round, when they go back up to the pit, the pit prints the new ticket. And I don't want to say Brandon's know the wiser because that makes it sound bad. But we just maintenance them, and they don't even realize it, you know. But we, we took care of the customer, bottom yeah. line. There you go. Yeah, and I think Brandon's set up, too, that, that we've noticed when we go to, to lunch or have a meeting with, the you know, the managers of, of those divisions, you know, we might. Linda being in dispatch or our dispatchers might talk to Mike Friend or, or Larry or even one of the the plant operators and it seems like a problem but we get it handled internally between them and us or you know Mike 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 might go hey you know you you're short material here what do we what do we got going on here and you know it, it seems like a big problem and we handle it but the thing that's cool about Brandon and, and their people because they're so good in us it really never makes it up to to the the big guy yep. because it just got handled. Yep. And you know you think it's going there, but it's not. And so you know you know two good companies just handling the situation. Yep. And 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 again, it's there's a lot that goes into it. Like like Dave said, learning our business, but it's also not uh, you know rocket science. We got to go <laughs> get the load. We got to deliver it here. You know, and it's got to be all the steps in between. But it's it's pretty. Pretty straightforward. Excellent. Awesome. Let's go ahead and move on to uh, tips and tricks. Let's do it. Cool. Tips and tricks from Ray Davis. Ray, Ray. Dumping in tight areas like Plant 2 Stockpile or the Rocket Union. Once you have done completely, when you bring your trailer down, you can turn the steering wheel to start making your turn as the trailer is coming down and the tractor is moving forward. If the trailer is completely empty, when bringing it down, it will not tip as long as you are on flat ground or even on a slight lean. If it's flat and empty, you can turn that wheel to help make that turn. I learned from an old wise man, maybe somebody in this room, (laughs) that has been in this end dump game for over 30 years. You can drill a hole in the bottom of your mud flap, and if you need to back up a little to make a turn, you can take a bungee cord and pull your mud flaps up with that bungee cord and the hole in the bottom of your mud flap so that you don't rip off the mud flap. Hope all is well with the JFW family, loved ones, and friends. Remember, safety has no blind spot. Look and lean. Sit up in your stool. Don't be a fool. Much love and respect always. Ray Ray 0013. Good job, Ray Ray. That yep, was a good thanks, one. Thanks, Ray. Yep. 
And then Big Country, he had some tips and tricks, and I really like this one as well. This week's tip comes from your steering wheel. I found that the limit plus and minus button on the left of the steering wheel allows you to set your max speed limit. So if you don't want to set the cruise control in a construction zone and want to hold your foot on the throttle, you're not going to go, you're not going to get any more than 45 miles per hour if that's where you set it at. Helps out when the truck holds you back and will not let you speed. Awesome tip. That is awesome. Yeah. Man. How many times has a truck or car got away from you like, oh, man, I need to slow down? Right, right. Yeah. Guilty. Soup, you want to hit us with that high road hauling? Okie dokie. would love to. Um, this topic came up um, kind of out of nowhere when I was talking to JR, and it just struck me to use it for a high road hauling. So um, the title is very simple, and, and listen to this. It starts with you. I know you're thinking, what starts with me? <laughs> the answer what? is everything. Everything you love, everything you hate, everything you want to change, every goal you have, every thought about everything starts with you. If you question an idea, you are the source of the doubt. If you're also the sort, you are also the source of your answer. These are based on the knowledge you have about the subject, and the same thing goes with your decision. They are based on your knowledge and your desired outcome. You make the choice or you agree to someone else's, but you still make the choice to agree or disagree. When things aren't going well or you're unhappy, you have to make a choice and make it happen. Whatever must happen to have that change. It starts with you. You have to motivate, inspire, and educate, and to inspire others to help make that change as well. It starts with you. Don't wait for someone else to start. You'll be waiting forever. As they say, the time is now. Change is not easy. It comes slow with risks, failures, and criticisms. And it is often the fear of those that stops one from taking a step towards change. That first step is the hardest and scariest part of the process because it makes one vulnerable. But it also opens doors for freedom and great opportunities. The decision to bring change is a tough one. And staying on that path by actually putting in the efforts is equally tough and important. Everybody knows who Rosa Parks was. In 1955, she said no to the bus driver when he told her to vacate her seat in favor of a white passenger on the bus. She challenged segregation in Alabama. Her intention wasn't to stop oppression or change the world. She was just standing up for herself. She was bringing the change in herself for herself. She thought, it starts with me. Her decision didn't come without sacrifice either. She got arrested and lost her job. The ensuing court case against her lost as well. It was deemed unconstitutional based on the Equal Protection Act of the 14th Amendment. Change is a part of life. Change is everywhere. To be afraid of change is natural. But what makes us human is doing it anyway. Rather than trying to change the world, we, meet, we need to make the choices for ourselves so that we become better human beings because that is where the change really starts. It starts with you. That's a good one, Dave. Awesome. Yep. Really and the quote one. this week, I just love this quote. <laughs> Most everything you want is just outside your comfort zone. Ooh. And it is, isn't it? Man. Uh, that was spoken by Jack Canfield, an American author and motivational speaker, who was the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Mm. 
Good book. So remember that when you're trying to decide on something big that scares you, it starts with you. Sweet. I'll do it. Final thoughts, everybody? Eric, you have any final thoughts? I'd love to invite you all to the uh, symposium we're having at Flood and Peterson at the Budweiser event, excuse me, at the Embassy Suites in Loveland near the Budweiser Event Center. It's mm. Friday, October 20, last Friday of October, 27th. Mm. Um, Second season starts that day. Yeah, we, <laughs> we usually have between five and 600 people at this event. It's a wow. big, big deal. It's our yeah. signature event of the year. So um, everything from DOT training and um, healthcare emerging risks um, wow. uh, to free meals. Um, and uh, it's about, uh, it's a three quarters of a day long, but it's a, it's a fantastic event, even if you hate insurance-related topics. Yeah. Jambered free meals. I'm yeah. Two free meals. I mean, it's got to be tough to compete with hunting, is it? If I wasn't out of town, I'd, well, I said it starts, I'm leaving the 27th <laughs> to go. But, yeah, that that sounds awesome. Right? I'd be disappointed if you guys don't go. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought we had some plans to get the guys, you, you know, the rest of the safety, safety team to nice. attend and do the stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just uh, I had two of them. I was going to save one, but again, it seems to fall into place with Super Dave. So the the your your quote there, Super Dave. What was the comfort zone? Right, mm -hmm. is everything how, is just outside your comfort zone. Right, right. So here's one I ran across, um, and it was from a, a young boy talking or a young man talking about the first time he went elk hunting with his dad. So he says, "I was seven years old when I went on my first elk hunt trip with my dad." There's frozen rain blowing, it's snowing, it's so cold. I'm having to run to keep up with him. The wind is whipping up, it's hitting me on the left side of my face, and then all of a sudden, my dad stops and gets down on one knee in the snow. He says, come here, son. So I go over there and I say, what? And he goes, do you see anybody? And, he's, and I'm like, no, I don't see anybody. I'm like, what are you saying? You know, I mean, it's snowing, we're out here by himself, I can't keep up. And he said, do you know why no one else is out here? And I'm like, I don't have a clue. And he goes, because it's too damn hard. Mm. I've never seen him so smi smile so big in his life. And he goes, son, learn to love what most people can't or won't tolerate. Mm. So there's, there's your comfort piece. I love so, that. Yeah. Like that. So, yeah, such a good one. Yep. Yep, and then and then to kind of fold in the other, and I'll and I'll ask all you guys. And I know it was dark this morning when we come in. I, I get that, but this is this is the red car theory. Okay, do any of you know how many red cars you passed this morning? Could you give me a count of red cars? Nope. That you passed. Right? I'm going to say hundreds. <laughs> I don't. Right? I don't know. But you, but you don't, don't really know that. I don't right? really. You know don't that. pass. You don't, you, yeah. don't, you don't really know that. But if I gave you a hundred bucks and ask you tomorrow morning. How many red cars did you pass? You'd give me a count, right? I would. You'd, you'd want that hundred bucks, sure. right? So what I want you to keep in mind, though, and, and Dave, you touched on it for JFW, opportunity is no different than those red cars. Mm. If you're not paying attention to every red car or every bit of opportunity that passes you, mm. you're you're falling behind, and. Eric, you were, you were a piece of opportunity. You and Flood and Peterson to us was a piece of opportunity. 
And Dave, when you when you mentioned we're trying to move forward, that's what each and every person in our company, I hope, is doing, is moving forward and looking for those opportunities. I thought when you were telling that story earlier, Dave, and, and you know, uh, we've heard it through the years, Super Dave and, and Jam, you know, I want an old school truck. I want an old school truck, you know, and we make that joke, you know, hold your finger up like the old telephones. And you're like, ring, 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 ring. The 80s is calling. <laughs> JFW is not in the 80s. You know, there is no old school equipment. We're not old school insurance. We're not old school, hopefully, health insurance. And, and we can't just be letting all the red cars pass us. We have to be looking at every opportunity. And, and I want to touch on it here, too. When we talk about Toro, which will be our hopefully our new dispatching system, starts Monday, and we, we didn't throw it out there, and we'll be getting hopefully getting rid of Axon if there's no failure. That's, a new, that's an opportunity for everybody. It may not look at it, look like it, and it may not work, but it is still an opportunity that we have to try to learn about and Absolutely. make ourselves better. All, all there is to it. Here, so. here, Jim. So, yeah, yeah, very thanks. good one. Thanks, guys. Well, I stole three pages from Tony Robbins. <laughs> I'm sure everybody knows he Tony knows Robbins is a, is a motivational <laughs> speaker. And I, I won't read all three pages, but I'll kind of touch on some highlights. And it, it is funny how everything ties together, right? But this is, you know, his whole goal is exactly what we've talked about with our partnership moving forward with Flood and Peterson. And it's how to surround yourself with good people. And it's it's five ways to let go of relationships that are holding you back. And he, you know, they kind of drill across the the five things a little bit, but you know, also about why it is important to surround yourself with good people. You know, that increases your your performance. Your your it lowers your negativity, increases your positivity. Uh, how to surround yourself with good people? One of the things I highlighted on here is the proximity is power. Always remember that you spend the most time or always remember that who you spend the most time with is eventually who you become. And they say you become the people, the five people you spend the most time with. You become that person, a blend of that person. Uh, one of the things I found interesting because that's how to surround yourself with good people. One of the ways to do that is you have to let go of negative relationships. You know, and one of the things that I, that I, when I circled all this, I circled the whole paragraph, but it was, you know, one of the things I remember as a kid, you know, mom or dad coming up to me and, you know, it was probably more dad than, than mom as such, but he's like, Hey, that, that Bobby you're hanging out with, that's not a good, that's not a good kid. Stop hanging around him. And there was never really a reason, you know what I mean? But it was like, he identified a situation, you know what I mean? And I have to admit, he's his little not a good guy radar. It went off, and it was his, his it was pretty spot on, right? Like Bobby was a pos by the end of high school. <laughs> he really wasn't going anywhere, and I was like, hey, we were buds five years ago. His OODA loop worked just fine. His OODA loop worked just fine. So thanks, pops, for that. But that let go of negative relationships, you know, and it may be difficult because number one, you need to identify, you know, and this is probably in older. Uh, life, right? Like like right now, I'm not saying we're old, but what I'm getting at is I just did a comparison of childhood. I'm talking when you're in your, you know, late twenties, thirties, forties, to let go of that negative relationship, you might not even realize you're in it. This may have been a friend for life that you're just accustomed to, right? So they're a part of your DNA. You just expect that negativity from them and you don't even realize it. 
And, you know, that's one of the things that's probably very difficult to let go of. You have to figure out, you know, it can be, it says here, it can be uncomfortable to step away from relationships that are lacking. You don't want to burn bridges and you might've known the friends or colleagues for a long time, but it's essential not to feel obligated because they're old friends or feel you owe them something. Determine what's driving your decision to stay in these relationships so you can change your mindset and free yourself. You'll be more prepared to focus on what really matters to you or your business. And then to identify positive people, it's the same thing. You, you know, you want to be around smart people, hard workers, dreamers, visionaries, positive thinkers. You know, I kind of laughed. I had to read the paragraph after dreamers and visionaries because I thought, well, I'm more of a realist. I'm not a dreamer or a, you know, a right. visionary as such in a, in a small capacity, right? But it says the world needs dreamers as much as it does doers. The visionary in your circle is one who will entertain your wildest ideas and always encourage you to chase your dreams. So, And then it says join a professional group. And I thought, gosh, JFW is our professional group. You know, if, if we have anyone here, hopefully they're in our professional group. And... Uh, you know, and then I just loved this one line. If you want to accelerate your success, it's important to surround yourself with people you can learn from. Get outside of your comfort zone. All growth starts at the end of your comfort zone. All growth does. You know, and that's that's just, I just loved all of this stuff. He has a 10-step a list here that I'm not going to read, but just surround yourself with good people. Uh, and those are 10 quotes to, to inspire people that, like I say, I'm not going to read just because of the time we're up against, but yeah, you know, when you're out of your comfort zone, you're growing. And if you're the smartest person in the room, you better go to another room. Mm. I'll stay in this room. (laughs) Yeah. And not to capitalize on it, Dave, but I love that, you know, just thinking of each situation. It's like those two trucks this morning and the one guy hanging around the other truck is they both ended up speeding. Yeah, the one guy might have been a really great driver, but because he was running with that he guy, got sucked ah, in. Good analogy, he got Jim. In, yeah, right. right? Yeah, good and, analogy. You know, it's just it's it's that what happens, right? And, and you know, even in and what if you don't recognize that person that's not the best person for you to be around, friend, whatever it might be, but no matter what, you've still got some of those characteristics because that's how you act. Mm-hmm. And I and I know you know. Oh. We're, we're running out of time, but you mentioned the, the Purdue, you know, where Sam's going, the swim team, not Sam and not a lot of other people, just got in trouble for their actions, but that's because they did it as a group mentality. Right. right. And something had to be stopped. Right. You know, and, you, and, and I'm sure Sam, or maybe the upperclassmen, I'll blame it on the upperclassmen, didn't recognize what was going on. And it should have been stopped. Right. You know, right. so that's the, that's the, yeah, good, good segment. Dave. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. And, and I just want to finish that, you know, someone, I'm going to give a shout out. I'm going to roll back to the beginning on shout outs. Someone who is a hundred percent out of their comfort zone right now, who's growing by leaps and bounds. I'm so proud of him. Rich Trujillo. Everybody's heard me mention him. He's running for Commerce City City Council seat, uh, lives in Commerce City, works in Commerce City. Rich, I'm just super proud of you, man. We've mentioned this quote before. It's Jim's favorite quote. You're the warrior in the arena. Win, lose, or draw, no one can make fun of you because you are the warrior in the arena. No one can cast a shadow of doubt on what you're trying to accomplish. Win, lose, or draw, you have to have your chin up. And, and, you know, I mean, we're going to go knock on doors, uh, Jim and Holly, myself and Janet, 
Eric and James and and Rich and his wife Joni, we're going to go try and knock on 500 homes this weekend and try and get Rich's word out there to try and get him elected in Commerce City. And I mean, we're here to support you, Rich. Uh, I mean, we're super excited for you, and I'm just I'm just proud of you. You're the warrior in the arena, and you're you're out of your comfort zone. I know it, and that's not to point fingers. I know the feeling. Every step along this way, you know, any stuff to do with IPOC or anything along that arena. I'm so out of my comfort zone, but I am I am a better person having done it. Whether I did it right or wrong or made a fool of myself or whatever, I'm a better person for having done it. And I know you will be at the end of this. Like I say, win, lose, or draw, you'll be a better person. Right in, Rich Trujillo. Right in, Rich Trujillo. And I, I, I mean, I'm going to dun him. I'm going to dun everybody that's listening. You know, He can use some money for his campaign. If anybody has 20 bucks, I know when I very first announced this, nothing was set up and I was asking for checks. You can go, you can go right on your computer, type in right in Rich Trujillo, and you can donate 25 bucks. And he needs it for signs. He needs it for flyers. He needs it for his campaign. And you know, we just want to help him get elected. And JFW has nothing to win out of this. We really don't. We support him 110%. But he's a guy who's trying to make change in our community that is desperately needed. It is desperately needed. And so many people, we just don't understand that. And I, I, I'm not going to end the podcast getting into politics, even though I'm talking about Rich trying to get elected. You know sure. what I mean? I'm not going to stand up on my soapbox. But thanks, Rich, for trying, man. Yep. We, we got your back. Soup, you got any other thoughts before I wrap it up? Nope. It all starts with you. Okay. <laughs> Good job, Dave. So my final thought, um, I was listening to a sermon the other day. Before I read this quote from this pastor, I want to identify what your low place could be. He called it a low place. A low place could be a loss of a loved one. Uh, it could be maybe uh, you know you hit rock bottom with an addiction or something like that. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you went through a breakup. Maybe you're going through a divorce. But the quote is, don't allow your low place to cause you to miss the beauty of the season that you are in. And that's from uh, Travis Green. He's a pastor from South Carolina. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Channel 23 podcast. Hit that follow button. Man, if we could hit 50,000 listens. Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be, we, On we, the 100th episode. Yeah, we need 800 downloads, everybody. So share it, listen to it, let people know about it follow it we want two more people following also don't forget to go back and listen to episode 72 to help find amber's mom links to her story will be into the uh, the description of today's podcast i'm also going to put links to uh, uh what was i gonna put links to there was something else i gotta throw in the notes to jesse's stuff was that because he had oh yeah pros? oh no no to veronica's sorry oh, veronica's, to, oh, to yeah. veronica's oh, sorry, mom veronica's and, and, and jesse and yeah yeah jesse's putting flyers in trucks i'm oh, not doing anything right. that when he gets us information i'll put that in the notes but yeah uh all the information for veronica's mom will be in the show notes today as well nice. so let's say the creed Je- and get on out of here jam i got just before we do the creed you know you mentioned low places uh-huh. and i we've talked about this uh that I, I forget the guy's name now. I God, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. But it's the commencement, the college commencement speech. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just shared it with Dustin a week ago or two weeks ago. And the name of the, the commencement speech is the smartest man was a third grade drop. The smartest man he knew is third grade dropout, right? Mm-hmm. And he's talking about his dad who right. dropped out to work on the family farm in third grade, taught himself to read, taught himself to write, blah, 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 blah. I mean, this guy in 10 minutes, he carries you from laughter to tears to to this proudness that, 
that you just want to like it just emotionally is uplifting right his whole speech and one of the things he talks about is that low place is a great place to create the foundation mm. to build the rest of your life up on i love it and I, and I just like i hear low place and i'm like oh foundation that's I not a low it. place that's a foundation right and you build every home and you build every life and you build every relationship everything is based on a foundation yep so it's got to make sure that foundation isn't built out of sand <laughs> well yeah good point yeah not not <laughs> i am talking about a solid foundation you gotta have a solid foundation right yeah, not to carry in or, or get personal because I've, I've said it a lot that, you know, talking about the seasons because I feel at my age and the age of my parents and I've discussed it with you guys that we are in a different season and I have been in some low spots, but man, I, I am struggling with finding the goodness in the season I'm in right now because mm. you're getting closer. We talked about it in the one podcast to the end of the days, you know, I guess the last, yep. last 20 years or taking 10 your years. marbles out of the jar, aren't you Jim? <laughs> right. And so, yeah, it's what a good point, you know, yeah. no, no, and, and I'm not, I have all of you, I have my family, I have the, the work family here to help me with my, my lowness as such, but mm -hmm. it is difficult to look at that season and find some beauty in it. Absolutely. But you don't want to miss it either. No, I, you don't. I know man. Evelyn wouldn't want you to miss it, right? No, absolutely. 100%. You could, absolutely. I guess that's the point is we could be sad and we could be hurt, but we still have responsibilities, one, to the people that count on us, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then also to yourself to, to build a life and be happy. You know, and there's plenty of good things to be grateful and thankful for. So. Oh, and you still have to support that foundation. And you still yeah. got to support it. Yeah. 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 Amen. All right, let's say the creed and get on out of here. Awesome. Together, Together we, we face, face and overcome all that stands before us. Together we are accident-free. Together we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Together we celebrate our differences and respect those with whom we work. Together we are accountable for our words and our actions. Together we are the JFW family. All right, episode 100. High Road Up. Don't forget to High Road Up. High Road Up. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a-truckin' down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a-lookin' for another load. Well, it's a family tradition, any Rocky Mountain day. Our fathers before us showed us the way. We work for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings. But that's never been a problem, cause we got diesel in our veins. We've got diesel in our veins. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a truckin' down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Here, there's a couple million tons to move. I see them everywhere. So you best get out their way and watch that sand and gravel disappear. There's another run to make. We gotta get it there on time. And we got what it takes to lay it all out on the line. Big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. 
Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks got the best drivers in town. They got all the tools they need to keep that hammer down. When they hit them scales, they won't need to dodge them, won't need to duck them. They just keep that hammer down and they keep that diesel trucking. Keep that hammer down and keep that diesel trucking. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a looking for another load. They just keep them doors closed, keep them butts in their seats. Cause those customers are calling and those red trucks can't be beat. They've got to put the hammer down and pick up another load. Get it off the ground, keep them eyes open and on the road. Keep them eyes open on the road. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Breaker, Breaker 23, anybody got a copy on that Channel 23 podcast? Welcome. Thanks for listening.